This morning, Benny Johnson tweeted out a nine minute long video of people calling into C-SPAN and saying that they were leaving the Democratic Party and they'd be voting for Trump. And they gave a variety of uh, reasons for this. The rioting, the, the Democrats move far left, the embrace of, of socialism, basically the same thing. But I guess you can say the far left in many ways is a reference to cancel culture and this weird identity politics. But we got big breaking news. I love saying news that way, by the way. News. news yes. Yeah, because it makes it sound better. Uh, no, it's because Luke says news. Uh, doesn't, uh, what's his name on Futurama say it too? No. Good news, everyone. News. Here's the breaking news. Six cities in the Iron Range, a Union Democrat stronghold, have just written a letter endorsing Donald Trump. And this is crazy. This is the biggest Democrat stronghold outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And this is huge for one reason. It's funny. It's not just about, uh, it's, it's not just these people have endorsed Donald Trump because there's more to the story. A lot of people are talking about these Republicans who are endorsing Joe Biden. Hmm. Yeah. And they're like, uh, you know, oh, look at all these old Republicans supporting Joe Biden. That means Trump is bad. Listen, I'll tell you what. These Republicans supporting Joe Biden are swamp monsters and spooks, people who used to work for intelligence agencies. So by all means, you can have them. OK, if they're going to go and endorse Biden, I don't I don't I'm not going to try and win them back over this union workers, however. Hey, come on over. Right. Come, come on over now. So, uh, you know, I had I have some people on Facebook smack talking saying things like uh, I'm pretending to support Trump or whatever. And it's like, I don't understand. I can do four hours of content every single day. And people like just don't understand. Like you could probably build a psych profile on me and map out exactly where I've been and where I'm going and make a prediction like, yeah, I imagine it'll be like, you know, here in this point, because it's really obvious. You know, before the riots, I was like, I don't know. I'm not going to vote for Trump. Then the riots happened. I was like, I bought guns. <laughs> now I have many really guns. Interesting turnaround. I remember the first time I heard you say, and I consciously noticed that you were talking about how big cities run by Democrats did not seem to be doing well. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, this is uh, what yeah. I have been saying. How's it going, everybody? Uh, so we've got this. We've got some other. T- uh, so we're going to talk about this, too. Um, I mean, this is huge. And we'll, we'll go over what the Iron Range is. And we got some other tweets. It's really crazy to me to see this paranoid, delusional bubble from the Beltway politicians. There is this huge thread going viral, and I mean viral, viral, where this lady's like, Trump is trying to become an autocrat. The America, America is falling to an autocratic takeover. I just love the Twitter universe. Twitter is not reality. It is special. Facebook might be, though. Yeah. We that's, another, that's, that. that's another story that we have. These, uh, these, these journalists who are, who are crying because Ben Shapiro basically owns Facebook. And I mean that in the sense they say he wants to own the libs. Well, like the top posts are almost always from the Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro. So they're accusing him of cheating and all this other stuff. And then we're going to talk about how college is bad and some other things. So if you haven't already, give that like button a good old smash because it does help support the channel. Sharing the video also really does help if you like the show. Today, it's just me and Lydia hanging out. Oh, yeah. But on Monday, we're going to have Kimberly Classic, And I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. She has probably the, like, the biggest political ad ever. Right? I think so. Yeah. I feel like everyone has seen it at this point. She's walking through Baltimore in her high heels. Talking about talking Democrat about cities. Talking about Democrat cities. And yeah. she's like, they don't really care. Look what's happened. She gives numbers. She's like, sure. I, I think the craziest thing about it was that she said the, uh, a Democrat run city is the worst place for a black person to live. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm interested to talk to her about that because I'm too. wondering, like, be specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because I'm from Chicago, so I don't disagree. I'm just like, I wonder, you know what is that like I want, I want to hear depth on that because i believe it i'd like to hear some you know data 
You know what I mean? Yeah, she has a lot yeah. of different views and approaches that I would like to talk to her about, too. That'll be fun. Yes. But for now, yes, the yes. big breaking news. So make sure you subscribe. We do the show Monday through Friday live at, uh, at 8 p.m. And check this out. The first thing I want to show you is from Benny Johnson. Many of you probably saw this already. But this is, this is I don't know, it's epic, I guess. The amount of Democrats calling in a C-SPAN during the GOP convention saying that they're switching parties is insane. Democrats are leaving Joe Biden's radical left party for Trump. It's nine minutes long. But there's one thing I want to play. Actually, I don't think I can play because I don't think it's working. But at the seven minute mark is a woman who says she fled socialism and that she's she's like an older lady, too, with an accent. And she's like, if I have to lay my life on the line for to defend this country, I will do it. And I'm just like, I'm clapping like, was, yes. Yeah. How does it how is it that we have these these immigrants who escaped socialism saying I would die for this country? And we have socialists born in this country saying like death to this country. Yeah, man, that's messed up. Well, it doesn't translate to the actual working class. Check this out. Donald Trump posted this to his website. This is a letter signed by six, may- I believe six mayors. Yeah. From what's called the Iron Range in Minnesota. I'll be completely honest. I had not heard of the Iron Range until this happened. I hadn't either. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's, a, you know, not to be dis- you know, disrespectful, but I don't think there's a, a lot of people who live in the Iron Range. But, but let, let, me, let me read this so you get an understanding of what this means. And the first thing I want to do is I just want to show you that this is the Wikipedia page for the Iron Range, and they specifically note that it is, it's a largely unionized workforce. The rural areas remained Democratic Farmer Labor Party. Not even the Democratic Party. It's the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. This is union, straight up. Yep. And the DFL basically is associated with the Democratic Party. They say the area remains the greatest Democratic stronghold in Minnesota after the urban centers of Minneapolis and St. Paul. They say in 2016, Donald Trump's populist message enabled him to gain ground in the Iron Range, winning multiple counties and reducing the Democratic margins of victory in others. Well, I want to show you what actual working class people in this country believe. Because there's something I, I noticed about, I don't know, everything from the far left. They're young, unhinged, and typically well off. And they're screeching about socialism. And I'm like, none of these people work. Like, where's the 50-year-old dude who's like got a construction hat on, who actually, you know, does labor, you know, like, yeah. well, like farmers. Right. Well, remember that, um, who was that guy? Pa- Banks? Who was saying that uh, the rioters and protesters can't get unemployment. They're just not oh, working. Right. <laughs> They're not working at all. They have all the time G- in the world G- to protest. Jim Banks, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So there's a, is he, con- is he in Congress? He's Indian. I think he's a rep. Uh, rep- rep- look him up. Yeah. Anyway, this Republican from Indiana is saying that he wants to uh, cancel federal unemployment benefits for people convicted on rioting charges. Think about what that means. That means right now there are there are far left rioters romp, romping around, screeching about you know how they hate they hate this country, and they're being subsidized by our taxpayer dollars. That makes you feel real good. Oh man, I let's like read that. this letter and feel a little bit okay, better. Okay, sorry about that. Here's here's this, uh, you can see it's from DonaldTrump.com. They say on August 28th, fellow Americans, as Greater Minnesota mayors from Democratic cities on the Iron Range of Minnesota, we write today to formally endorse the reelection of President Donald J. Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. Like many in our region, we have voted for Democrats over many decades. We have watched as our constituents' jobs left not only the Iron Range, but our country. By putting tariffs on our products and supporting bad trade deals, politicians like Joe Biden did nothing to help the working class. We lost thousands of jobs, and generations of young people have left the Iron Range in order to provide for their families with good-paying jobs elsewhere. Today, we don't recognize the Democratic Party. It has been moved so far to the left, it can no longer claim to be advocates for the working of the working class. The hardworking Minnesotans that built their lives and supported their families here on the range 
have been abandoned by radical Democrats. We didn't choose to leave the Democratic Party. The party left us. Doesn't that sound familiar? That's getting really repetitive at this point. It is. It's almost it's almost kind of boring to hear. It's like, I get it. I get it. You're a liberal, too. I know. Come over and vote for Trump. We've all decided to do the same thing. I don't consider myself a conservative. And even sitting down with Sean Parnell, he's like laughing like you are not right wing. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, I con- agree. Conservatives can see it. They're like, get out of here, you hippie skateboarding, <laughs> you know, whatever. And but I, I, you know, the way I described it earlier is, I mean, they, they hit the nail on the head. It's just gone so far to the left. Doesn't represent working class people anymore. I don't even know what they represent. You know, the funniest part about this to me is watching Twitter, the fake world of Twitter, talk about the people who are like calling into C-SPAN and the people who say, you know, the Democratic Party has moved too far left. Watching people on Twitter say, oh, these are just Trump supporters. These people aren't telling the truth. And I honestly am a little bit entertained to think about what's going to happen in November when they find out that these people are actually telling the truth. You know, maybe we're in the bubble, but I just don't think so. I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't think so. I kind of trust myself because I try to think that I'm paying attention. I give room for other people's thoughts. But they they they, they point it out. And we, we still have more to read of this letter because they go through uh, how Trump helped them. And we'll get to it. Um, but a lot of these people point out the TV ratings for the DNC were way higher. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Republicans uh, follow both news sources. So I've shown this graph before. So th- this is a justification for why I think, you know, the, the more people are going to vote for Trump. For obvious reasons, I mean, walk away is real. Yeah. We, we heard it on C-SPAN. There's no, like, never Trump is just like a bunch of crony establishment people. But there's a graph I often show that, that shows conservatives get about a third of their news from liberal sources, mainstream sources, and two-thirds from conservative. Moderates are inverted. Two thirds from mainstream and one third from conservative, but liberals, the left, they only get their news from left wing sources. So that says to me that when it comes to the DNC ratings, Republicans were watching. Yeah. Democrats probably weren't they watching were the RNC. Mm-hmm. So it made the numbers bigger. And then when the RNC happened, you had some journalists, but I doubt regular, you know, like traditional liberals watched or cared. But hey, it, 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 some people are also pointing out that it's because Trump supporters wanted to watch online. And I think that's a fair point, too, because we were watching the RNC, and at first we were watching on PBS. Yeah. And all they did was, like, interject to rag on Trump oh, and Republicans. commentary was awful. Yeah. That, and and they, they had that lady, what's her name? Yamish, Yamish I think. Yamish, yeah. Where she, she, had, she had tweeted out making fun of, a, a, like, like slamming the dude, um, Cawthorn. Uh, yeah, Madison with, Cawthorn, who, who's in a wheelchair. He's um, uh, paraplegic. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, he can't stand, and he managed to do it. And she's like, he is making so, light of the people who kneel. Yeah, right, right. So, so Madison Cawthorn stands for his speech at the RNC, and it's like a huge effort because he's paralyzed. Yeah, he stood way- for the Pledge of Allegiance. For the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then this woman from PBS says that he's like doing it as like a slight against all those who would kneel. And I'm like, he's standing up because like he's showing that he's, he believes in this kind of, like I, wh- wh- it's not a slight against you it's he's just standing up i don't get it it's he like thinks it's important it's inspirational yeah but she's giving commentary during the rnc and all she was doing was like making like d- like just lying and they had one guy on who like they, they did the very fine people hoax yep they kicked off strong with that so one. i was just like yeah. i turn on c-span yeah it was way better i think that c-span is an an, an underappreciated important part of our democracy great. yeah you just play it you're like here and, and then people calling in too yeah I imagine like, if that's we, so cool let's read some more of this slide okay. this, is, this is really amazing stuff because now they get into the praise for donald trump they say we didn't choose to leave the democratic party the party left us yet four years ago something wonderful happened donald j trump was elected president of the united states and he stood up to china implemented tax cuts and fought for the working class now four years later the iron range is roaring back to life And for the first time in a very long time, locals are hopeful. 
because of this president's policies and willingness to fight for us. Lifelong politicians like Joe Biden are out of touch with the working class, out of touch with what the country needs and out of touch with those here, uh, those of us here on the Iron Range and in small towns like ours across the nation. In this election, there's a lot at stake, but the biggest risk is our jobs, our economy and our way of life. President Trump delivered the best economy in our nation's history and President Trump will deliver for us again. He will continue to fight for every American, regardless of party affiliation and continue to stand up for the working class. Today, we write to formally endorse President Donald J. Trump and Vice President Mike Pence for four more years. And we got Larry Cuff of Mayor of Virginia, John Champa, Mayor of Chisholm, Chuck Novak, Mayor, Mayor of Ellie, Chris Swanson, Mayor of Two Harbors, Robert Vlasav, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce, I'm not trying to be mean, but Vlasav Lijevich, hope I got it right, I definitely didn't, Mayor of Evelith, and Andrea Zupancic. I'm probably, I can't pronounce these names. I, just, these I, names I mean, no like disrespect Polish or something. Yeah, I just, <laughs> that's my, that's my bad. No disrespect. Mayor of Babbitt. So these six mayors, and this is, like I mentioned, according to Wikipedia, the greatest democratic stronghold in Minnesota after the urban centers of Minneapolis and St. Paul, not even the suburban areas of the Twin Cities. I really like this. Look at this. Okay, it goes, the Iron Range is known for Cornish pastries stuffed with carrots, ground beef, and potatoes. Pastries were an easy lunch for people working deep in the iron mines. Slovenian and Croatian immigrants brought the honey nut bread called Podica to the Iron Range region that's still served at Eastern Christmas in Northern Minnesota. That is really cool. Like, so those crazy last names we're seeing are actually from Slovenia. Cool. Croatia. That's neat. I kind of like that piece of history from them. And you know, know what? About them. And the Democrats, they just call it the flyover states. Yeah, that's They're nonsense. This is a really cool place. Particularly disrespectful to people who don't live in New York and Los Angeles. And this is crazy to me. You know, uh, I'm seeing a lot of posts on Facebook talking about the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. So for those, I'm sure most of you are familiar. He's the dude who lives in Antioch, which is about 20 minutes out of Kenosha. And he went in, he had a gun and, you know, chaos ensued. They attacked him. Someone fired a round into the air. He, he shot, killed the guy, chased him. It's, 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 you know, for the most part, it seems like it really was self-defense. And we're going to we're going to break down uh, everything that happened because we've got a thread from a journalist from Slate who just lies the whole time. And I think I think it's, it's, it's you know, kind of escalating to a dangerous place. But anyway, the point was, I see a lot of people bringing this up and, you know, they're, they're, I kind of forgot. I, I kind of lost my train of thought once I started thinking about what went down in Kenosha and started. Yeah. Like, so the mining people and the people who are. No, I lost it. Yeah. No, I we lost, lost it. it. All right. I had good. a point. I had a point. And then I started just imagining everything that went, went down. And I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's getting really distracting. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, I guess the general idea is people don't understand what it's like to live in these small towns that are they, they call it like across state lines when he comes from Antioch to Kenosha. But it's like. They live on the border. Right. These are these are areas that are very, very far apart. And this kid probably used to hang out in Kenosha all the time. But anyway, more to the point. One thing I find really interesting is they mentioned that Joe Biden has lost touch with the working class. And considering this is like a union area, I thought it was really interesting because there's that video of Joe Biden in the in the factory and that union worker comes up to him and he's like, you want to take my guns away? And Joe Biden just insults him. Yeah. Do, do you remember what Biden, what, he, what did he say to him? That was where he said, look fat. Wasn't no, it? no, no. That wasn't the look fat moment. Okay. The look fat was when like an older, fatter guy was oh, like, Joe. Right. And then he was like, look fat. Oh, no. he called him like a damn liar. Yes. I yes. think that's what happened. That's the one I think. Yeah. Sure. And I was like, are you serious? He want, This guy wants to vote for you. He just has a question about your policy and nah. you're calling him a liar. Joe Biden calls Joe, Joe Biden tells his own voters not to vote for him. Yeah. It's uh, really more something. than one occasion. Yeah. So uh, to be fair, I want to show you this. And I want to make this, I want to make this point. This is a website called Defending Democracy 
together.org. Oh, boy. They say, you know, blah, blah, blah. They don't like Trump. Donald Trump is impaired. You know, they get all these reasons for why they don't like Trump. I get it. I get it. I'm not going to read it. You know why? All of these people are, you know, former Homeland Security, Secretary of State, NSC staff, CIA, NSA, Ooh. trade rep, NSC, a lot of uh, intelligence agency mm. people and former Republicans. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, you know, somebody sent me this. I posted the, the what was it? What? He's a former. Okay. So one of these guys is a former senior director for N, N, oh, NSC. Okay. I thought it said NBC. I was no, like, right, NSC. We got, we got news. Yeah. National Security. What is that? Right. Na- National Security Council. That's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I posted the thing about the, the Iron Range. Yeah. And I think this is a huge deal that Democrats are straight up being like Trump is helping us. And these are union guys because we've heard a lot of the same things, especially from people like Sean Parnell. Someone countered by posting this saying, oh, yeah, look at these people. And you I'm like, them. yeah, you can have them. Seriously. <laughs> I don't want them. Keep it. So uh, the swamp is angry at Trump. Good. And the union workers in the middle of this country are thanking him. What, 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 how, is that a hard choice? No, that's great. I think that's perfect. And you I know, think it's perfectly indicative of what he's been doing. The swamp doesn't like him, but normal people do. I don't understand what's happened. How is it? How is it the Democratic voter base has become so unhinged and blind to this? So, so, so anyway, like the, the, I, I kind of remember the, the point I was trying to make before when I was talking about Kyle Rittenhouse is that people seem to think, you know, when I post these things, they're, they're saying things like, you know, the majority of this country doesn't agree with you and this guy's a terrorist and, you know, everybody wants Trump out. And I'm like, do you do you read the news or is it just memes? Because on Facebook, it's dominated Every day by Ben Shapiro and, you know, Daily Wire and Fox News. It is memes. And I'm sorry, I'm curious if some of the reason that I think the reason that Democrats did not tune into the RNC was because they know that they can just wait until tomorrow morning and they'll just hear exactly what they want to hear from people like Gimish and everybody from PBS and they'll get everything they want through their own filter of their own little bubble. They don't have to hear anything they don't want to hear. They don't have to actually listen to Donald Trump speak, which Let probably tr- triggers I mean, them. You know, I, I, so I, I jokingly have been posting things like Trump landslide. Mm-hmm. So, so the first thing I post on Facebook is that Benny Johnson clip where you get these C-SPAN callers. Nine minutes. I swear. I'm like, I got to listen to it. It's my job. It was great. And I'm sitting there. I know. And I'm clapping and laughing. Yeah. There's like ladies. It's, it's kind of crazy to hear like just this middle-aged woman being like, the riots are near my house. The Democrats won't talk about it. And I'm imagining just like my hokey old neighbor, like they don't pay attention. They're normies. They mind their own business and they're scared right now. Yeah. And the Democrats praised the protests. Who was it who said that? I think it was, um, I think I actually have it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. The Atlantic. This is how Biden loses. Nothing will harm a campaign like the wishful thinking, fearful hesitation, or sheer complacency that fails to address what voters plainly see. Oh, boy. I mean, they, they, look at this. They, uh, let, let me just read the paragraph. They say it's no use dismissing their words as partisan talking points in reference to Trump's law and order. They are effective ones backed up by certain facts. Trump will bang this loudly, ugly drum until Election Day. He knows that Kenosha has placed Democrats in a trap. They've embraced the protests and the causes that drive them. The third night of the Democratic Convention was consumed with the language and imagery of protest, as if all Americans watching were activists. That's the point. Written here by The Atlantic. This is how Joe Biden loses. The Iron Range, a Democrat stronghold, has, uh, has six cities from the Iron Range, not, not the entirety of, has endorsed Donald Trump. We also heard the story from CNN a little while ago. They went to like the northern tip, which is probably a similar area, like, you know, probably in the Iron Range. 
And they found they, they said it's a Democrat stronghold that supports Democrats locally and votes Donald Trump nationally. Yes. And they're all proud of it. Yeah, they don't mind. So I have to imagine this. Uh, actually, let me let me let me give you some context first. Michael Tracy, who is one of the few journalists who actually exists, albeit he's very snarky on Twitter when he talks about you know politics, but he actually got in a car and he drove to small towns and he saw the destruction and he saw many of these people doing what I would call begging, spray painting on their windows like "Please don't hurt us, we support Black Lives Matter." He went to towns that no one that that, that got no coverage that nobody even probably knew had riots until he went there. Now imagine this. You live in some of these towns. They're Democrat towns. And you turn on the TV and you tune in to the DNC. And what do they do? They show the protesters. They show them raising their fist. And you think to yourself, aren't those the people that just smashed up my windows that I'm scared of? Yep. I'd bet. Yep. And and they're getting the spotlight and not you. And well, it's the Democrats supporting them. Yeah. And now it's, it's, it's blowing up in their faces, and they know it. And that's why The Atlantic has this article. Check this out. They say on Monday, the day after Blake's shooting, Biden and his vice presidential nominee, Senator Kamala Harris, released statements expressing outrage. The next day, Biden's spokesperson released a statement opposing burning down communities and needless destruction. And on Wednesday, Biden, after speaking with the Blake family, condemned both the initial incident and the subsequent destruction. Burning down community, communities is not protest. He pleaded in a video. It's needless violence. He said the same after George Floyd's killing. How many Americans have heard him? In the crude terms of a presidential campaign, voters know that the Democrat means uh, means it when he denounces police brutality, but less so when he denounces riots. Mm. To reach the public and convince it otherwise, Biden has to go beyond boilerplate and make it personal, memorable. I don't buy it. No? You know why I don't buy it when he says, well, the destruction is bad? Because then they, they, the DNC puts up the videos of the guy with the cape. You know, what I'm talking, like, remember, you guys see that thing where like, actually it's that tweet that i put up Let me. billy porter i'm gonna try to find it so it's this I guy think I, who was uh, dancing and he was like it was the cringiest thing i'd ever seen it really did look like a high school talent no i got show it here we go thing. oh look this is this image of the protests and this guy with the cape singing this protest song mm. and this person said we're going to lose aren't we i love yes. this 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 image because it's like yes i'd imagine you are but this protest image listen if you've got a bunch of people marching through the streets, raising their fists like he is right here, screaming Black Lives Matter while smashing things and the Democrats go on, go on TV and with a smile on their face, go peaceful protests. And you're like, they, they, they smashed up the bakery by my house yeah. or not even that. You know, when they talk about smashing up Starbucks and they talk about smashing up banks, I'm like, did you ever stop to think about what the average person feels or thinks to themselves when they see that? So I was in, I was in D.C. on uh, it was, they call it J20. It was Trump's inauguration in 2017. They smashed up McDonald's and Starbucks and like some banks or whatever. And I was talking to somebody because I tell them this all the time. You ever stop and think about what that, you know, a regular person who shops there is thinking once they walk up? Can't go there anymore. They're thinking, why can't I go to Starbucks? I got work. I need coffee. Why can't I go to my bank? Why yeah. can't I deposit my paycheck? And now I'll one up that. I said, do you ever stop and think about what the person who worked at Starbucks is thinking after you do that? No, I can't work. Why did they do this to me? Mm -hmm. That's what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Why me? Why me? What about the person working at the bank? I was talking to somebody during Occupy Wall Street. and I'm like, do you know how much that person makes in that in that small little office? They're probably making like 40 or 50. Well, it's New York. So maybe like 60, 70 K. All right. That is not middle-class median for New York. They're probably working really, really hard to try and get by because New York City is very expensive. Yeah. I understand in most parts of the country, 70K is probably a lot. 
But some of these people in these offices probably only getting like 50, if that. And I said, do you know what they're thinking now that you smashed the window and there's glass all over their desk and their computer? They're thinking, what did I do? I don't understand. Yeah. And the people who, who go to that bank as customers are thinking like, I got I to gotta make deposits today. Right. I got I to gotta, I gotta get a cashier's check to pay for my, my deposit for my new apartment. Why did they do this to me? Now I got to go to a different bank. How, how frustrating is that? And they don't understand why they are being attacked. Now imagine this. You're in a small town. You know, you're like, remember that video from, I think it was like, Syri- was, it, was, it, was it Rochester or Syracuse where the lady gets attacked by the, by the group of those, that, that, those men? You know what I'm talking about? Mm. The husband and the lady of the fire, the fire department equipment store. And oh, there's like yeah, three yeah. dudes attacking this. Yeah. So imagine that you're in a small town. You're minding your own business. The news doesn't talk about you. The New York Times doesn't talk about you. CBS, CNN, they don't care about you. You're in a small town and you're being beaten and your wife is being beaten. Yeah. And then you're just angry and you're like, someone's got to do something about this. Mayors know where to be. Nowhere, nowhere, Democratic mayors know where to be found. Governors saying peaceful protest. Well, then you turn, on the, you turn on the DNC. And what do they do? They show the people who attacked you. Yep. Man, I'd be. I'd be angry. I would too. And you know what I would do? I would call C-SPAN. I'd be like, hey, guess what? I'm leaving the Democratic Party. They've moved way far left. I just watched the, uh, the DNC and I'm, they're full of nonsense and I don't like it. I'm scared. I do what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I've talked about this, you know, several times when the riots hit their peak in June, I heard helicopters and sirens. I remember that. We're, I heard them too. We're in the suburbs. I was like, there's no way. No way. Because we're like... We're in the suburbs of the Philadelphia area, but we're on the Jersey side. You got to cross the river. And I'm like, we're far away, you know, but no, it was, it was within a few miles. We could see, we could see and hear the helicopters and sirens. And I was like, how did they get anywhere near us? That's yeah. crazy. That was an uncomfortable night. I and then I went that. out and bought guns. Yes. Cause I was like, what do I do if they show up to my house? Because they've shown up to people's, people's houses. And then when, look, my, I, I, I can't believe I, I'm going to show you this. I can't look at this. Mayor Ted Wheeler, today I sent this letter via email to Donald Trump declining his recurring offer to aid Portland by sending federal enforcement to the city. What a piece of garbage. 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 We're in Jersey, so that's the point. Garbage. Dude, come on, man. What is it at this point? Is this just a virtue signal? Does he think he's actually getting something done here? (laughs) What what is he doing? He's supporting Trump. Seriously. Dude, listen, listen. If at this point, that you you have Mayor Frey of Minneapolis. You know they rioted in Minneapolis over a guy who killed himself. Yes, I remember that. Just like a couple of days ago. They don't care about any of this cause. A, a, mur- a murder suspect was running from cops, killed himself. He, they literally had camera footage of it happening. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. And that's, that's why I get really bothered when mayors like Ted Wheeler virtue signal by being like, I stand with the protesters. They don't care if you do or not. They're going to go smashy, smashy, no matter what happens. They're like, something happened. Can we make it an excuse? Let's go smash. Yep. And what's happening is the more they do this, they can count on the media to cover it up. Think about it this way. If, a do- if, if, if the Washington Post, the New York Times and CNN were like, how dare these rioters come out because a man killed himself? That's not the fault of the cops. They didn't, though. Imagine if they did. The rioters would get caught and they'd have zero sympathy. Well, you could have you could have put cultural pressure on them. You could have been like, "This is not okay. Everyone knows it. Here's some peer pressure against you." And because the media doesn't do this, mm-hmm. if they get arrested, they're like, "Black Lives Matter." Yep. Do something. Yep. So now they're going out and looting for whatever. And you got Mayor Frey. Is it what is his name? Tom Frey? Or is it his name? Is uh crap? What's his Billy? first name? No, Wilbert. No, Wilbert Frey. Winston. Yes. Winston. Yeah. Winston I don't know. Frey. His name's Frey. Whatever. <laughs> so, the chat's Walder, gonna the Walder chat's gonna Frey. blow up. And be like, we know his name. So uh, 
he's 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 agreed to call in the National Guard over this. Good. Uh, Governor Evers in Wisconsin agreed with Trump and will will accept federal law enforcement and bolster the National Guard numbers. And I'm 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 like, thank you. I'm clapping, dude. I wish you would have done it sooner. I think they're too obsessed with their poll numbers, and it's kind of pathetic. But I'm happy they're doing it now. Still not going to vote for those vote for them in their party because of it. But I can respect that they're doing it right. Ted Wheeler coming out and being like, nah. <laughs> sticking to his guns you know what look at, look at cernovich yeah. said he said you just bankrupted portland with that letter no no seriously he's supporting donald trump i think you're right i would like to thank mayor ted wheeler for all of the support he's given to president trump by doing these things for 93 plus days <laughs> no I, this, this is what really bothers me because if it's true like come on man how stupid come is on, ted man. come on man look fat <laughs> how dumb does ted wheeler gotta be pretty dumb so i'm getting two different vibes here yeah i'm getting a real strong maga vibe a whole, uh, I actually support Donald Trump and I'm afraid to come out and say it, but I'm going to say that I don't want federal aid. Or I'm getting like a high school beta dude type vibe where there's a really cool <laughs> guy and he really wants their approval. So he's going to do whatever they want, but they just keep ignoring him. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We don't want you here. Just uh, I, we're think just gonna I think it's more thing. of a male feminist vibe. I, that's I get that too. There's like Ted Wheeler knows some, some like raunchy chick that he's like, since, <laughs> since he was a teenager and she's like. You know, she's like squatting in some building. Oh, gosh. And he's like, um, Roxanne, uh, I told the police to stand down. Uh, That's cool, right? And she's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. He's like, uh, do you want to like go on a date? I told you I'm not going on a date with you, Ted. (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. But like, you know, just let me if you want the police to stand down because that's that's kind of cool, right? She's like, yeah, whatever. So so it's kind of like the high school thing, except it's a chick. (laughs) Except he's like 50. I can see it. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) No, I I, I think this dude is desperate. I mean, listen, at a certain point, you have to recognize everything you're doing is helping Trump. Yeah, that's, like, that's why the, I'm getting they, a MAGA vibe. The, so, so to be fair, though, the rioters didn't come out last night. Yeah. And I think it's because they were going to Kenosha. Yeah. The, the police in Kenosha saw, I guess they saw the riot kitchen, which is from Seattle, and like pulled up, like a van tried like fleeing. So they, this is crazy. They went up to the car, they stopped it, drew their guns, smashed the windows, took all the people out and arrested them. They arrested them on disorderly conduct, which... Sounds kind of BS to me, to be honest. Because they weren't really doing anything, right? Yeah, they were like, they were filling up gas cans. Yeah, at and the time. And it's legal. It is, yeah. But they had a big bus that had Riot Kitchen on it. Huh. And so I, I think it's fair to say there's probable cause to like stop and detain them. But the disorderly conduct thing was, was kind of, you got to be careful. Exclusionary rule. If yeah. the cop, you know, first of all, first and foremost, you violate the Fourth Amendment. You're, I'm, I'm not happy about that. People it have rights. Matter. I understand there's rioters coming to your town from out of state. But they got to be careful because if they if they uh, if they do this illegally, then the exclusionary rule is going to negate all the evidence they found, and they found illegal fireworks. But anyway, Andy No tweeted this out. He said it was peaceful yesterday for like the first time in 93 days, like no one really came out, and I think it's because they were heading to Kenosha. It could also be because the feds have dropped the hammer. Yeah, it could be a combination of those two. Yeah, if if that's the case, then maybe Ted Wheeler got lucky, and it was more of the South Park homeless strategy as opposed to policing. Do you know, have you ever seen that episode of South Park? Possibly. Remind me. Okay. So uh, in, in, in South Park, there's like homeless people slowly showing up in the city. And so Kyle one day gives 20 bucks to one of the homeless guys. And then the next day, there's like 100 homeless yep. guys in front of his house. Oh, gosh. And so their strategy finally was they got a big armored bus and then started singing a song about how in other cities, they'll give you whatever you want. 
And then all the homeless people followed after the bus as they were like in the city of Santa Monica. They're really nice to the homeless. They'll give you everything you want. Pipe Piper for homeless people. Exactly. Gotcha. And so the strategy was when you got a big problem in your city and it's causing, you know, serious mayhem, all you got to do is get the people to go to someone else's city. So Ted Wheeler was like sitting in an office crossing his fingers like, come on, I just need cops to kill somebody in another town and then I'll leave. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, only, I'm only half kidding. I could see it. Because their strategy was to have the police stand down and like to prevent escalation. Pre- prevent escalation. So you, you have to recognize that part of them was like counting down the moments till some other police brutality. Well, something and, happened. And then they'll leave and go somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So here's, here's what bugs me though. Oh, what is that? Bugs. Speaking yeah. of bugs. Speaking of bug, there's a bug. There's Ugh, a bug. Gross. Nice. Uh, I wonder if you can hear that. <laughs> Probably. What, what bothers me is like, I don't think Ted Wheeler is intentionally trying to help Trump. But could you imagine if he really was? I can. Then see I, it. I would feel manipulated. Yeah. No, the reality is Ted Wheeler is, wow, so desperate to virtue signal to the far left that even after everything's happened and the people like people are calling in C-SPAN in droves, like I'm quitting the party. He's like, no, you know, we don't want your help. We he's, don't, we don't want cops to come in here and stop the violence. Yeah, We're cool a, with it. He's a desperate guy. Yes, he is. I don't think it'll work out too well for him. But uh, let me let me show you this. Chadwick Moore tweeted something interesting. New York's population is fifty fifty NYC and upstate. Twenty percent of New York City fled and probably won't be voting. All the conversations I have with inner city blacks and immigrants point to them voting Trump or not voting at all. What are the NY GOP groups doing to get out the vote? Nothing. New York is in play. He says New York GOP groups are going to completely miss this opportunity. Sad. I love how people do that Trump thing now. Sad. Like you add, you add, you add a word at the end of your tweet. This is designed by Twitter. You're running out of characters, but you really need to convey <laughs> one last feeling. Sad. Yeah, it's almost, it's like not, not enough to put an emoji. Yeah. No, no, no. no, It's like a male version of emoji. Like women put emojis and men, this is true. Men send emojis to women and women send, send emojis to men and women. Yeah. But men rarely send emojis to each other. Interesting. It's like all very like formal and cordial. So you don't put a sad face, you put sad. It's like, you just say it. It's like, I am very sad about this. I understand you are sad. Let's carry on, good sir. Very, very testosterone. <laughs> anyway, he says, the latest polls show Biden is ahead by only five points in New York. Where is the GOP? I bring this up to follow up on all that stuff we were just talking about. The GOP sucks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Not doing anything. Like, uh, we, who, did, who did we have on? Uh, uh, Sean Parnell, I think, was talking about this. Yeah. People will ask him, like, you know, are you getting support from the party? And it's like, no. No. Well, uh, Brandon Strzok was saying the same thing. He's like, I haven't really had any support from the Republicans and I don't know when to expect it or if to expect it. I'm like, you know, that says to me, I think both parties are dead. Yeah. The, and and what's, what's happening right now with the Democrats is they have no leader. And because there's no leadership that the party's broken and the both parties are broken, but there is a Trump and a Trump is unifying. If there was no Trump, the party would fracture. And that's, 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 I think, so, so you, you expect there to be every few years, they find a new leader to guide the party. And Obama was that for the Democrats for quite some time. For some reason, he's not right now. He's still like the most popular Democrat in, even though I, like, I wish people would read the news and then they wouldn't think so, but yeah, but he's not active. He's not really, you know, not really doing anything. He didn't want to, he didn't, he didn't want to uh, endorse Joe Biden. Then what, Hillary Clinton? Nah, they oh, got, oh gosh, they have no one right now. That's why they're doing Grandpa Joe. 
It's the only thing they have that people remember who's still active. <laughs> you have the sour look on your face. Yeah, because he's supposed to be the return to normalcy. And I know <laughs> enough about what happened under the Obama administration. I was watching it. I was young at the time, but I was like, this is insane. And I never liked, you know, Democrat policies, but I was like, this is egregious. Even which, for a Democrat president. Which part, though? The bombings. Oh, All yeah, yeah, the yeah, various yeah. bombings from this yeah, peaceful, that's glorious. peaceful president. And, and Trump picked that up. Yeah. And I was not happy. I was like, see, in 2016, I, I was happy to not have voted for either of them because Donald Trump picked up the drone strikes and he picked up the commando raids and there was a commando raid that killed a little girl. And I was complaining about all of that about Obama. And then Trump did it. And I started laughing. I was laughing when Trump won because he gave comeuppance to the to the Democrats. And then I was laughing when Trump started carrying out the same tired foreign policy and weapon sales. And I'm like, here we go. And then all of a sudden Trump started firing these people. And then in the next, in the past like year or so, past year and a half or so, it's been he's been greatly improving. Yeah, he's gotten a lot better. I remember when he did the North Korea thing, and I was that that meant a lot to me, seriously, because I I remember hearing stories about why my family fled Korea and how they you know were, were like they they desperately tried to come to the United States. They they came to Hawaii, and I was just like, wow, I couldn't imagine. I've never my great grandparents. I never met them. I have no idea what they were thinking. And this was before the split of the of the country and all this stuff. It was like early 1900s. And I'm just like, I can't imagine what was happening where they were like, it's time to get out of here and go somewhere better. And they did. And then the country fractured in two. And I remember hearing stories about where my, my, my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather were both from. And one was north and one was south. Wow. And so I was just like, wow, I'll never get to visit that place probably unless there's unification. Like I've I've gone to Germany because I'm also uh, German and uh, Irish. Yeah, and so I've gone to Ireland. I've gone to Germany, and I'm like, this is really cool. It's really cool to like like see like where my family is from. Can't can't happen with you know what's now North Korea. Yeah, but Donald Trump crossed into the DMZ, and I was like, this is awesome. And the media was like, this is terrible. I was like, what? That, that was so cool because I was just remembering Obama sitting outside the DMC with his uh, DMZ. Yeah. <laughs> with his DMZ. binoculars. With his binoculars. And I was like, this wow. is not what Trump is doing. This is way better. And they, you know, I don't, I don't know if Trump's been successful now, especially now that Kim Jong-un is reportedly in a coma. Yeah, I don't know either. Using body doubles. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I respect that he's trying. You know, now we got this Middle Eastern peace deal. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent because I always fall to foreign policy for a lot of reasons. But the, the, the main issue is Trump has gr- dramatically improved. And where I've usually said he's not that bad now, uh, but, I, but I, I would be like, he's bad, but he's not that bad. Now I'm like, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's doing there's, there's a good. lot of things he's doing well upon, uh, doing well with, and his, and his, and his, you know, the bombastic nature is kind of toned down. And so I'm like, he's really starting to get into it, you know, and I, I can respect this. And I was mad early on. But anyway, the main point is, you know, coming off this, this last, you know, little bit here, what is the party itself doing? Because I don't like the Republican Party. I don't like the Democratic Party either. Donald Trump, I like a little bit. I think he's funny. As an entertainer, I, I think he's great. The only thing I liked about watching the uh, RNC last night was President Trump's speech. That was the best part. That was the only thing I was really waiting for. I didn't care what Rudy Giuliani said. I know. The other thing that I really appreciated he wasn't, he wasn't was... wasn't that bad, though. They brought in Ann Dorn, Oof. which I hugely valued. I was like, that's amazing and beautiful. And I appreciated President Trump talking about the familias family, 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 um, how they were like... They had sacrificed so much. Started uh, when that speech came out. It started raining inside the house. It did. Isn't that, isn't it was that crazy? so weird. It's I noticed just, that too. Yeah, there's, it was every, everyone in here was. It was like you know, it was just raining and like kind uh, of fog of mist enveloped the room. It was very strange. And then it cleared up when Anne stopped I, talking. But but, but in all serious, touching. In all seriousness, that story was uh, made me angry. 
Yeah. Maybe angry and sad. Yeah. I don't know if you guys uh, listening heard Ann Dorn speak, but wow. David Dorn seemed like a rad dude. Not, not a Trump supporter, apparently. Of course doesn't, not. Doesn't matter. But it's a story about a guy who, you know, lost his life in these riots trying to protect his friend. Even even at his age, he was a, he was a retired police captain, yeah, David Dorn. Yeah, he was retired. Even at his age, he still felt that sense of duty to protect what he cared about. And some sick monster thought a TV was 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 worth taking his life. That's sad, man. And yeah. she told the story about how, you know, every night if there was like a call to the to the pawn shop, his friend, it was his friend Lee, I think, right? Yeah. That he'd get up and let her know. And this one time he didn't. And when she woke up, he was gone. She got a knock on the door and she didn't know, you know, where he had gone. And where, you know, why isn't David answering the door? And then she goes to the door and, and there it was, you know, the police had come to let her know. And it was, it was brutal, man. And uh, Frank Luntz, who's a famous pollster, tweeted that he said, everyone around me is crying. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, everybody was crying. Yeah. But, you know, there's something interesting I, I, I find about, like, I don't know if this is universally true, but the things that make little kids, I, I, I've been thinking about, like, what makes men and women cry or not cry? Because, like, guys don't cry. They, like, rarely cry. Yeah. That dude, like, there was a dude in 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 um, Kenosha whose family business, forty, you know, his family's family's legacy, their business was burned down. He was nearly in tears. And there are things, you know, guys cry, they do. But uh, I was reading something that said women cry, I think, like four times a month, and men cry like once per month. Women try. Wait, wait. Women cry four times a month on average, or something like that. And men cry like once oh, per month. I'm like a deeply flawed woman. I'm. Oh yeah, I don't cry at all. I ever. don't. I don't cry. I get mad. What's the point in crying? You know what makes me cry? Like watching a movie where a dog gets hurt. Yeah, like... And like then I'm just like... <laughs> the dog. Or animals getting hurt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I can watch movies where people are blowing up and yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah get them. Yeah. But like the dog, it's like, even if the dog's with the bad guy, I'm like, no, do the dog. Come on. Even though I know like the, the bad guys train the, train the dogs. Yeah. No, but I was thinking about this and I'm like, when I was watching the Aaron Dorn stuff, I was like definitely fighting back tears, but I was getting really angry. I was too. I was like, this should not have happened. Like, there's no reason. I hate the senselessness more than anything. And I just pounded the table. Sorry. I hate senselessness. I really hate people who die for no reason. I hate unnecessary death and pain. And to me, that was like I hate the death. embodiment. Yeah, of course. All of it. Yeah. Every, single, every single one. Well, Aunt. unfortunately, death is literally the only thing that you... It's a great equalizer, man. Nobody gets away from it. So it's like, I don't... At least we can Maybe, avoid it for a little bit longer. But, but through science. You're going to live forever. technology. I knew it. We will all live Gosh, forever. I mean, okay. maybe at some point, but uh, I, was, I, was, I was reading something about immortality, too, that said people think Im immortality is bad only because being old sucks. Yeah. And that if you were young and vibrant forever, you'd probably just like, go along with it. But I digress. <sighs> the main issue is, you know, watching the RNC was powerful. It was powerful. To, so to get these C-SPAN callers who are like, I watched the DNC and, and what is it? The guy in a cape dancing. It was like hard cringe. When, when Joe Biden is announced he's getting the nomination and they're like, they run in the room behind him with like party poppers. I was like, what oh, is so cringe. It seriously looked like a high school, like end of year celebration video. It hurt. Like made by students. I wished I was not sober. The RNC was, in, was incredible. Yeah, I, I, I was. I, so the reason I kind of brought up Andorn was not really for the not so much for the emotional side, because I know that that people might say that they're kind of using her story to get people on their side. I thought that the GOP giving her a platform was incredibly impactful. I thought you that know, was really important. And, you know, the media went after her. For what? They said that Anne's family tried oh, stopping her. Oh, daughters her from, disagreed. Yeah. Didn't want her to do it. And it was wrong what she did. And I'm just like, what is that? I don't blame the family. 
the family wants to have internal conversation about what was right or wrong is fine. If if you know if Every Anne's da- yeah. daughter is, is is critical, I respect her opinion. But for the media to weaponize it, that's evil. because everything Trump does, no matter what, is wrong. It's tiring, you know. So we we have all this violence and destruction, and Trump's like, I'm going to send out feds to Portland to defend the to defend the courthouse. They're the best feds ever. They're going to arrest lots of terrorists, <laughs> and they're like, Trump's sending out secret police, make it stop. And then Trump's like, Well, I never actually did send out feds to all these various cities. And then they're like, The anarchy is Trump's fault. It's happening under his watch. And See, I'm, they got him coming and going. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing he can do. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, most of us know it at this point. And it's funny when I have people like you know message me on Facebook. They'll like post like I'll comment because you know. Part of like all of these posts, I posted the C-SPAN thing, Trump landslide incoming. Of course, I'm exaggerating. I don't know. I don't necessarily know it's going to be a landslide, but I was just like being hyperbolic. Then I posted the letter from these Iron Range Democrats saying, you know, landslide, here it comes. Yeah. And these people take it so seriously and they're like, you're nuts, Tim, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, first of all, I'm not necessarily I'm just like being silly on Facebook. Like, woo, here comes Trump. You can't stop him. But I think these are signs that Trump is going to win. But I don't understand how these people can deny it. Like when you have the union belt, you know, the iron range, all these small union towns being like, woo, go Trump. And they're Democrat strongholds for generate for like, you know, for decades. That says something. I think what they've got going for them is that they don't want it to be true. So it doesn't matter if it's true or not. They don't want it to be. So gosh darn it, it's not. And they'll argue with it till they're blue in the face. And you know, this is is a good point to bring up. because I look at where we are, and I, and, I, and I say this often, like, are we in the bubble? Are they in the bubble? Are we both in a bubble? I don't think we are because we look at the polls that say Biden's supposed to be winning. Right. And so we're, we're literally coming at it from a, hmm, Biden's like on track to win. But I think Trump could win for these reasons. So when you're either moderate or conservative, you're like, hmm, this is interesting. I wonder how it'll play out. On the left, they're like, Trump's going to lose no matter what. The, the economy is terrible. He, he COVID, oh, everyone who died. And I'm sitting here like, do you like Trump's not responsible for like people who died from a pandemic like I, pandemics I, happen and I really do think that people know that the economy being in the state it's in is not his fault and if anything oh, you definitely. can blame that on the Democrats more than anything I'll tell you this man this 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 iron range thing is huge it really is because this is saying several things for one Trump is right on the economy and Trump's approval rating on the economy is has been above water basically the entire time right so I look at Trump's job approval rating and I'm like, does that matter? I look at his favorability. Does that matter? I tell you this, man, I met a guy at the airport and he told me he would not invite Trump over for dinner, but he's going to vote for him because that money is good. And that means he gets polled and they say, how do you think, how do you feel about Trump? Oh, he's a low life scumbag. Do you think he's doing a good job? Not really. Would you vote for him? Oh yeah. Cause the money's good. So he can be doing bad in a lot of ways. So long as he's making you money. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of the thing. Like I talked about before, like if, if you could hire a plumber, who stank and was foul-mouthed, but boy, could he fix that toilet versus a guy who just complained about the other plumber all day and didn't fix the toilet and he was clean and proper looking. I'm going to be like, dude, I, I, I like you, man. You're clean. You got that great cologne. It smells great. But all you do is complain and I hired you to fix a toilet. Yep. Nancy, you hear what Nancy Pelosi's trying to do now? She yeah. wants Trump's tax returns, even if he loses. Why? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, just imagine this. Donald Trump loses. And he like gives a concession speech and he's like, Joe Biden ran a heck of a race. I appreciate it. You know, uh, I concede. God bless America. He walks off stage and then Nancy Pelosi comes running out frantic with her hair all crazy, waving tax returns. It's like, but Trump left. No, no one cares. He's gone. That's the crazy thing to me because uh, um, I think we were talking to Ryan Long, Mm -hmm. uh, the comedian, 
And he said it would be really, really funny if Biden won just to see what would happen because all of these networks and all these politicians would have nothing anymore because their entire identity is like hating Trump. If Trump leaves, Nancy Pelosi says she's still going to pull his tax returns. And I'm just like, I don't care about his tax returns now. I'm especially not going to care about him when he loses. The square root of how much I care about it now will be how much I care about it after he's gone. Are you insane? No, but like, he's not going to be in the office. Like, how do you justify that? That is that is paranoid, delusional insanity. I tell you what, I'm inclined to agree. Check this out. Check this out. Let me let me let me show you some of this. Some of this paranoid, delusional insanity. Cool. From Elijah Schaefer. Quote, we're going to burn that S down. Hmm. A peaceful protester in D.C. shouts. I love how they're doing that. Saying he is part of an insurgency group. He later spread lies. The victims of the Kenosha shooting were kids. This would be considered criminal inciting a riot in most states. It would. And it's happened before. And they never get charged for it. But I assure you, regular people are watching this kind of stuff. This, like, these, these people are lying outright. So I, you, know what I'm, you know what I have fun doing right now? Like, I don't know why I do it, but it's the one thing I really like doing is just like posting comments on Facebook. But I, I post them in very like um, droll kind of ways. Is that the right word? Where I'm just kind of like, you know, that, you know that meme of Bugs Bunny shooting? And he's like, his eyes are like half closed. And he's like lazily like pointing the gun. <laughs> That's how I imagine it. how Tim comments. I do. Yeah. Like I don't go in there like, you know what, man, you're so wrong. Like, I go in there and I just post like really bland, like half-assed comments. So like people did this big thread, this guy I know, and they're like, can you believe what this, you know, this terrorist kid in Kenosha did? And then they're all posting this stuff. And I was like, I was like, dang, yo, if only Blake didn't grab that knife. <laughs> and then, like they just blow up. Oh, snap. And I'm like, that's it. That's the fuse. And I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not trying to like make people lose their minds, but I'm like, there you go. Like, have some contrary information that I know you don't care to, like, actually deal with. That, yeah, that is a really interesting approach. And I kind of like to do that, too, because I, I, it's considered a Socratic method. I don't really go that way, but I'm like, hey, have you thought about this? Like, interesting that this happened. Have you considered this? I, I, I could Socratic method that. You could. That's different I, from what you do. I, it, you know, similar. often when I'm, when I'm actually, when it's like, if it's someone I don't know, I'll mm-hmm. say something like, you know, I think it's really bad this happened, and you know, I think the kid shouldn't have been out there. But you, but you know, you need to understand like when X, Y, and Z happens, these are like natural consequences, and they'll still get mad at you. But I'm talking about like so like some people I know will oh, be like yeah. it's like my lefty friends or whatever, and then I'll just drop in like, yeah, man, if only Blake didn't try to grab that knife, you know. I don't even know. I don't know if he grabbed it or he was trying to put it away. Like it was in his hand. They yelled, "Drop the knife!" Yeah, according matter. to a witness, and the response from them is like, "But the, but the cops lie," and I'm like. <laughs> The cops lie. I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Like a Same. witness, a witness said it happened. Like you can't make up whether they lied or they didn't lie. All we know is here's here's what they they said. Like a witness said the guy said drop the knife. Well, all why we would know, I, yeah, all we know is that the knife was on the floorboard. Why would I make any assumptions? But now we're we're, we're basically getting you know the extremists. But man, we got a lot to go through still. Check, check this out. This is something that made me laugh. A lot. And I, I'm giving this to all of you as a gift. I hope you're, you're appreciative of this. I'm ready. It's a tweet from Joe Walsh. You guys know Joe Walsh, right? His Twitter, his Twitter icon is still Walsh 2020. Whoa. Like, the dude hasn't changed what? it yet. That's commitment. But this dude, if you, if you want to see some desperation, you're going to love this. Um, <laughs> no. He tweeted, one last time, Joe Biden. I am a conservative working my ass off to help you win. You're a good man, but please, sir, get out of your basement. In all caps, by the way. Get on a plane and go to Kenosha. Please lead, comfort, heal. If you don't, Trump could win. That's all. Time for tequila for me. Gotta respect the tequila time. I love this tweet. You know why? Why? Because it feels like honest. 
Yeah, I think so. Like, Joe, get out of the basement. I'm going to go get drunk. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I hear you, man. You're losing and your guy is a coward hiding in the basement. So I don't I don't know what else, what else you could expect. No, I really like it because it starts out sane and reasonable. One last time, Joe Biden, he explains himself. I'm a conservative working my butt off to help you win. You're a good man, but please, sir. And then he gets a little bit insane. And then he gets he all caps and then he's going to drink. Get out of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to bring up the story of Kyle Rittenhouse because we do have a little bit more information. But for the most part, I want to do kind of like a media critique because we have this Twitter thread from a guy named Mark Joseph Stern. And I'm going to debunk it because it's like even though he has pictures of evidence about what happened, they just lie. So kind of, you know, looking at what that kid said. So we just had that. uh, uh, We just saw that tweet where this guy in, I, I, I don't know if he's in D.C. or whatever, he said he was part of an insurgency group. Yeah, it was D.C. And that he said a white supremacist killed three kids in Kenosha. It's like, first of all, the kid was younger than the three felons who died. Yeah, when he thinks when he's thinking of a kid, he's thinking of the guy they were trying to attack. I think. But they don't know anything. Yeah, they don't, they don't know. They don't read the news. But more importantly, I bet that dude didn't care. He's probably thinking, I'll say it this way because it'll incite, you know what I mean? Say it'll it'll rile people up. Yep. Check this out. Mark Joseph Stern says, and this, is, this, this guy is a writer for Slate, staff writer. He says, at this moment, conservative media figures are crafting a narrative that black people attempting to disarm a white vigilante, vigilante who was, one, illegally brandishing an assault weapon, after two, shooting someone in the head, deserve to get shot. It is racist and it is sickening. Okay, first of all, it was white people who got shot. Yeah. This is the weirdest thing to me. It's like the three people who got shot were all white. Yeah. So why is he trying to say that black people were trying to disarm the kid? The next thing he brings up is the illegal brandishing of, of, of an assault weapon. When this first came out, they were saying that Kyle Rittenhouse was 17, so he couldn't legally be carrying the weapon. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of actual legal experts were like, actually, there's, a, there's, a, there's an exemption for 16 and 17-year-olds carrying rifles and shotguns. End of story. Oh, that simple. Will Chamberlain did a thread on it looking at the actual statutes and said, yep, doesn't look like he violated any statutes. And it seems like that's why the cops didn't care. Right. They're like, here's a kid. He's carrying a rifle. He's allowed to do it. End of story. Of course, this guy doesn't do any work. And this is very, very, very typical of the modern mainstream media left. They have no idea what they're talking about. They just make it up. They don't even Google stuff. I know. It's amazing. Have you guys ever seen that website? Let me Google that for you because I would really recommend it. Oh, you sent it to me once. Yeah, it's an insult. Yeah, I know. So when someone's like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, how do I find, uh, you know, the, the, the gun shop? You send them, let me Google that for you. And then it, it like loads a website where it automatically types it in and then presses Google. <laughs> like, let me Google that for you. you Smarty know? pants. So here's what he says. We saw the usual suspects begin developing this narrative yesterday by framing Kyle Rittenhouse's victims as bloodthirsty assailants rather than rightly frightened civilians trying to stop him from murdering more people with an assault weapon. Now it's their party line, vile. Let's correct this. There's actually video earlier in the night where two of the guys, the two guys who died, are threatening the young men who are armed, yelling at them, saying, shoot me, shoot me, and things like that, getting up in their face. And one person actually grabs the vest of one of these you know, armed young men and pulls him back, clearly trying to retreat from the conflict. So no, they're wrong. He says by this morning, the narrative began firming up. The men trying to disarm Rittenhouse, who crossed state lines and the assault weapon he possessed illegally, then shot someone in the head, were actually just attacking him, and Rittenhouse had a right to shoot them too. And the New York Times confirms this. They show that Rittenhouse was running away when someone threw a plastic bag of something at him, and then somebody fired a gun into the air, Rittenhouse turned towards the sound of the fire, and opened fire, striking one of the men, I believe, five times. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this. Five times. 
in like the leg, like two in the leg, one in the groin, one in the side, one in the head. He shot him five times. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. But what you need to understand is if you chase someone and they're trying to flee and then someone fires a gun into the air, they might turn and start shooting in the direction of where the gunshot went off. And that's exactly what happened. He says, here's the new narrative using non-lethal force to disarm a vigilante illegally brandishing an assault weapon. Again, not true. Who just shot, shot someone in the head is the real crime. And that vigilante acted in self-defense when he shot the men trying to disarm him. This is fully delusional. When you consider that they attacked him first and then he fired after someone shooting and they chased after him, he fell, they stomped his head. Yes, he was defending himself. We're not talking about a situation where a, a crazed maniac was going around killing people. We're talking about a situation where a young man who is legally, as far as we can tell right now, possess, possessing a firearm. In fact, they haven't charged him with illegal possession. They've only charged him with homicide. We'll see if that sticks. Maybe he will be convicted. I'm just saying. So maybe this guy... At any rate, this guy is wrong, but maybe Kyle Rittenhouse will end up getting convicted in some capacity. But anyway, it, it, it was a legal weapon. He was acting in self-defense. That's just a fact. You can't attack someone, and when they, when they defend themselves, now claim it's a whole new instance where they've become a mass shooter who must be disarmed. Apparently you can. Well, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, gaslighting. Yep. He says, now we're here. The psychopaths have c constructed their narrative. It's time to promote it. Disarming a, disarming a vigilante who is illegally brandishing an assault weapon is the real violence. You see how he keeps saying that over and over again with no evidence? Because USA Today actually published, it was Milwaukee Journal Sentinel saying a legal expert said there's an exemption for 17-year-olds. They also keep saying traveled across state lines, ignoring the fact that the kids from Antioch, Illinois, which is about 20 minutes from Kenosha, and it seems that Kenosha is the biggest city. Uh, if you lived in Antioch and you were like, I want to go to the city, it's probably Kenosha. It could be Chicago. Yeah, but that's kind of a long way, right? I think it, it might be comparable. Mm. And Antioch, no, it's probably 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes to an hour, maybe. But Kenosha is like a 20-minute drive. So if you want to go to a bigger urban center, the kid probably hangs out there all the time. So crossing state lines, while technically correct, you got to give it context. He did hang out there all the time because, as we can see from literal photographs taken earlier in the day, he's cleaning off graffiti. And That's he's right. doing work That's in right. the town like he has friends and family and hangs yeah. out there a lot. You know, you know, one of the bigger problems is a lot of people pointed out he had to run something like 630 feet when they were chasing after him and he was out of shape. Yeah. A lot of people pointed out he's a little chubby kid. Yeah. And if he had actually done better training, he would have easily escaped and no one would have lost their lives. That's too bad. Still not his fault, though. No. You, you have no legal obligation to be good at running. Right. You know, especially... You know, he tripped, so he probably would have been able to get out no problem. Anyone I'll tell you trip. what, man, I don't, I don't care. You know, it's, it's really funny how they, they'll say things like, in the event of a mass shooter, like hide, barricade, you know, only attack when you absolutely have to. When you have the situation here, they ran up and tried taking his gun from him. Did you hear what the, so, so this is actually, uh, I, think, I think this is also from Andy No, he tweeted this, that uh, the guy with the Glock who ran up to him, apparently told a friend, this is all hearsay, by the way, so I don't, I'm not saying it's true. It's just, you know, coming out through various sources. Reportedly, that the guy said his only regret was not killing the kid. I did hear that. So there's a few outlets that have reported this because there was a Facebook post by someone who posted a picture with the guy in the hospital. And they said, I talked to him. He said his only regret was not killing the kid. Wow. Yeah. And, it, and it's true. I, I was curious about that. The guy who got his bicep blown off was holding a Glock. Oh, yeah. He could have crouched, taken aim, and, and, and killed Kyle. He didn't do it. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm glad he survived. I, I you know, I, I think anyone, like, I don't want any of this conflict. You know what I mean? It, right. it, I, I think, look, I'll say that Kyle should not have been out there with a weapon. 
But first, the rioters shouldn't have been out there destroying everything. So it's like the first people I'm going to criticize are the people who started everything. And then after we get through all of that, I'll say, leave it to law enforcement. The problem, law enforcement's backing down. Right. So what do you do at that point? I don't know. I don't know. The kid was underage, you know? So he goes on to say, he says, watch the videos and you'll see what actually happened. Men were chasing down a dangerous vigilante who just shot, shot someone in the head because the police refused to stop him themselves. That's not true. They were chasing down, you know, you could, you could, you could, you could frame it as a dangerous vigilante, but the kid was being chased. So actually, here's what happened. According to the Daily Caller, what started the conflict in the first place, the reason why Kyle was running before anyone got shot is because when these guys were screaming at him, someone tried grabbing his gun. Oh. Yeah. So I was reading this, the breakdown from, it's Shelby Tolcott, I believe her name is. Yeah. Reporter. They were there. Right. Yeah. And she said the initial conflict started when someone tried grabbing his gun and then he ran and they chased after him. And then someone threw something at him. Someone fired in the air. He heard the gunshot turned and aimed. And the New York Times reported there were 16 other gunshots. You know what the real issue here is? Kyle won. That's it. Yep. Kyle very, very easily could have been dead in a gunfight with other people. He apparently only fired, I think, like seven rounds. If you go, uh, if you, if you, if you go by what they said, sixteen other rounds were fired by someone else or, oh. or more than one person. And we still don't know who fired those. Right. Oh, interesting. Yep. So the real situation, I would say, is you know what? To be fair, conflict. That's about it. Yeah. Should should people should anybody be engaging in this kind of stuff? No. Should the far left be going out, burning things down, attacking people, bashing old men over the head? Absolutely not. And then from this is born conflict where someone else comes out and says, I've had enough of this. And there you go. I wish that circumstances weren't such that Kyle felt a need to do this because people are bringing attention to the fact that he was like aspiring to be a policeman and they're holding this against him like tons of young men aren't similarly minded. They're not like, I want to join the military. I want to be a policeman. That's a you perfectly find normal it. thing. I want to be a fireman when exactly. I break. Oh, tomato lady. Love it. Yeah, you turn tomato again. We yeah. keep fixing the camera and it keeps like breaking. I think the camera's broken, to be honest. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, because we, we fixed the settings in it, but it's still tomatifying. Yeah, Lydia. it's all good. I'm it's you. It's your fault. Because other people didn't turn into tomatoes. Yeah. Anyway, he goes on to say, read conservative media and you'll see a different narrative. Violent black men attacked a good hearted, if overzealous young white man who had no choice but to fight back in self-defense. Disarming a potential mass shooter while black, it seems, was the real crime here. Wait, what? Uh Oh, he had to issue a correction. Check this out. We know at least two of Rittenhouse's victims were white. They were part of a group of black and white protesters oh. trying to stop him from shooting more people. The idea that there's no racial dynamic here just because the black protesters avoided Rittenhouse's bullets is absurd. All right. Oops. I got stuff to say about this. What's all right. It? I'm going to be tomato lady here. I don't even care anymore because, okay, first of all, I don't know if you guys have looked at Rittenhouse's information, but he actually is not white as such. He's labeled as being Hispanic. So that kind of removes their really? racial. He is. And I'm not sure maybe his mom is Hispanic because his name is very, very white sounding. I agree. Yeah. Um, so first of all, no. Second of all, uh, conservative media had people literally on the ground running around with their cell phones out taking pictures of this. So I am conservative. I have a bias that way. But if I were to judge based on, well, you can judge based on the guy from the New York Times who did this investigative pictorial thing where he goes through and he gives an accurate representation of what actually happened there as well. He said the exact same thing. This is not right-wing media. This is what happened. Sorry, yeah. Slate, dude. The media just lies. And and where did he get that it was black dudes? 
I he don't made understand it up. This. He made it up. Here's what happens. He's sitting in his room with his eye, like it, you know, the, um, the Bugs Bunny meme. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you, you've seen the meme of Bugs Bunny, and he's like his arms are on the thing, and he's like he pulls out the gun really slowly, and his eyes are half closed, like, and he bangs. That's what it is. They're sitting there. They've done no research. They have no idea what's going on. And, and then their boss goes, can you write something up? And they go, huh? What, man? It's like, we need you to write something about the shooting in Kenosha. That's a job. There was a shooting in Kenosha? Whoa. Yes. Here's some notes about it. Wow. And then he puts it down and starts writing. And then they're like, they get it. And they're just like, just publish it. No copy editor, no fact checker. Good to go. See, back in the day before Twitter, we had this thing. It was called a... It was called a fact checker. Oh, what's that? Here's how it used to work. Oh, a journalist would write a story. They would give it to the you know to their editor. The editor would go through it for like you know they'd have copy editors for grammatical errors and yes. stuff like that. Uh, and then the editors. fact checker would call the sources to confirm the reporter was telling the truth. Yeah. Now what do they, what do we get? Random dude goes on Twitter and spews a bunch of nonsense that he has no idea what happened. Burps his ideas out onto Twitter. But look, look at his. He's got a fancy little blue oh, check mark. Well, it's actually fancy. a white check mark because I use dark mode. But you know what I mean. Oh. These fancy little checkmark people have done no research, and that's it. Yeah. You know what's really, really funny about this? I love this. I mentioned this in one of my earlier segments. So, not to toot my own horn, <laughs> but... Uh, Go on. My, my three channels are getting around 90 million views. Oh. And we have this, we have this story about Ben Shapiro, I don't know, somewhere... Oh, yeah, uh, we got a bunch of tabs Yeah, we got it about Ben Shapiro. We're going to talk about Ben Shapiro and how he owns Facebook. But in this story from the New York Times, they mention that Ben gets 56 million interactions per month or something. That's pretty impressive. And it's more than ABC, CBS, NBC, The Washington Post, and New York York, uh, Times, and NPR combined. Huh. And I'm like, wow. That's a lot. What does that say that I'm getting 90 million views on all my content then? Yeah. Is it like double all of those things combined or something? Sounds like it. So the interesting thing about it, though, and the reason I bring it up again, it's not really, it's not to brag, but I do, resp- I, I do really appreciate everybody who who listens and hangs out because it does mean a lot to me. But uh, Wikipedia, they only include things if it's written by some guy at a company. Blue check. Isn't that amazing that this blue check guy can write a fake news op-ed? And they'll consider it reliable and put it in. But then if I say something to 90 million people, they say, well, that's not relevant. We can't include that in Wikipedia. Welcome mm. to the future. They have, they're writing mumbo jumbo nonsense from people who can't use Google. And I'm not considered reliable. That's fine. I don't, I don't care if they consider me reliable. That's fine. I don't care. You just want to highlight that discrepancy. I just want to highlight the changing landscape of media. And, 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 and Wikipedia is not necessarily a legacy institution. I mean, it kind of is, but in the sense that it's digital, it's online, right? Yeah. But their whole process is based upon if you have the funding to, to run a blog, then we'll determine if you're reliable or not. That makes no sense. Hmm. So here I am, and, and Ben Shapiro as well, substantially more influential than all of these outlets. And Wikipedia chooses to grab stuff from Slate, where this guy just makes up random garbage. It's not real. Well, before we continue, I would I would like to say that I'm kind of grateful to this guy from Slate because you can track the fundamental error that he makes in his first tweet. You can track it all the way down through the rest of his tweets. And you're like, this is where it's wrong. You can trace it. And that's that's helpful because it's like you don't always see that. Sometimes you'll start at the top of an article and they'll make a false assumption and you'll get to the end and you're like, holy cow, I didn't know this. But if you if you don't go back and you're like, oh, gosh, that was wrong. You won't ever figure it out. So reading through someone's tweets is like, hey, you know what? I can see the problem tracking all the way down. And that's why his conclusion is wrong. I make mistakes sometimes. 
I tweeted this article that said that like a certain number of dead voters had their votes disqualified. Yeah. And then I jumped the gun because I had read it from a different source and I didn't finish. I, I read it from a different source, chased it to the principal source and then said, OK, it's a legit source. And then I tweeted, then who's filling these out? Then I went back and read it and went, ah, I'm an idiot. It was the people who filled them out, then died, then got their uh, votes disqualified. So I issued a correction. I said, I made a mistake on this one, you know, and, and I'm willing to delete or correct. Typically what I'll do is I'll correct I, because I want to make sure that if anyone clicks the, the tweet, they see the correction. Right. Otherwise, if you delete it, people still saw it. And you'll, it's, it's, it's a tough call. It really is. But these people will put out fake news and never bother checking and they don't care. And you know, what's, what's worse is they get... Like there, there was one instance where some I, I did a video and someone said I was wrong. They had a smaller YouTube channel, and I said, "Well, I don't know if I'm wrong because I hear what you're saying." So I'll put a link to your video so people can hear what you're saying. That's good. Yeah, because I'm it's like compromise. It's not, it's, not, it's 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 more just so uh, it's more like some of these things are hard to 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 break down. So I'm willing to put a you know a, a contrarian or a counterpoint if 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 someone thinks that, you know it depends. If I think it's like a bad faith attempt, then I just like ignore it. But for the most part, someone says, you missed this. I'll be like, oh, especially on gun stuff. People say it all the time. Like, oh. Tim, you're wrong about this. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> I was wrong about that. Yeah, I'm no expert. It's, it, the, the big issue, I think, with trusting media is whether or not someone's willing to go, ooh, I didn't realize I was wrong about that versus someone saying, I don't care. Isn't it so much more interesting to have a conversation with someone who will pause when you correct them and somebody who's like, you know what? I didn't think about that. I got to think about that and I'll get back to you. That's so much more interesting than someone who just runs you over and is like constantly, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm right, I'm right, I can't be wrong. The problem with leftist media is that like when it comes to podcasts and stuff, they'll say a fact. Or, or I'll put it this way. If, if it, let's say like uh, this has happened several times to Joe Rogan. Someone will say something on his show and Joe will go, is that true? I haven't heard that before. And the guy will be like, oh yeah, X, Y, and Z. And then the media will say Joe Rogan allows people to say fringe, unhinged, whatever craziness, unchallenged. And it's like, is Joe supposed to be like, I've never heard that before. Therefore, you're wrong. That's, a, that's horrible, makes, though. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, but that's what, exactly what the media does. Take something new that no one's ever told them before. And they're like, well, I have a preconceived notion and this doesn't quite fit with it. Therefore, it's wrong. There can be no other solution. And they're posting fake news all the time. And they're never sorry. They don't, yeah, I know. And their corrections are He's, at the bottom of the article. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like four, four to eight years. They're going to be gone. I think so too. So I think, I think these big legacy brands are all dying. I think it's a fact that they're all dying. But we still see the New York Times in, increase their digital subscriptions and things like that. But what I think is ha happening is, you put it this way. Let's say 20 years ago, there were 50 million newspaper subscribers. As the internet emerged, people just started choosing which one they wanted to subscribe to. 50 million becomes 30 million because many get, get their news for free. But of that remaining pool, they're starting to increasingly subscribe to only the New York Times. From that lens, the New York Times is skyrocketing in growth. And everyone's like, wow, they're doing so well. While every other news outlet is crumbling around, uh, you know, around them, crumbling down around them. And so eventually it will be that the only news subscribers left are subscribed to the New York Times. And there's 5 million and they're cheering at, top of, you know, at the top of the mountain and then it'll slowly crumble from there. Yeah. People will leave and eventually there will be nothing left. Well, I think what we're seeing right now, what we're seeing with the media is kind of what we're seeing with the Democrats. I feel like they're, they're losing control. They're becoming completely irrelevant and they know it. 
and it hurts. And it's a little bit like dying from a horrible neurodegenerative disease because you can feel that something's wrong and you're losing control. And the only way that you can maintain your own little... Because I, I have actually seen this with sick people who are starting to lose control and of their bowels they're starting to lose control of all sorts of things and they take control of other things they control people oh, and, and then they're like i i have no control in any, in any other part of my life therefore i'm going to hyper focus on the things that i can control and i see that with the slate guy just lying his way through a tweet thread because he they know they're irrelevant and they're going to throw you know spaghetti at the wall until it sticks because they're going out and they know I, it. I, I think a lot of it too is you, you know you know the trope about the bully who like picks on kids at school and the kid like yeah. goes to his house and it turns out his dad's beating him. Yeah. That's what it is. These journalists like go home to their mom's house and they're like, their life sucks yeah. or they're underpaid and they're like, my life sucks. Like I'm imagining this dude from Slate who wrote this tweet thread. He like goes down to the bodega and he's like, can I get the, the roast beef with American and a Kaiser bun? And the guy's like, okay, okay. And he walks over and then he hands him like a hero roll with like turkey and he goes, but uh, I-, I wanted roast beef. You get turkey. Oh, okay. Uh, but but I, I ordered roast beef. You took care of nothing. Okay. And then he leaves and he's like all miserable. Like, uh, pathetic. And then, he, and then he goes on Twitter. I hate everyone. Donald Trump is such a loser. because the bodega guy was mean, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's things it. like that. Like, you know, they, they, they live in New York. Their landlords mean. Like, think about like why they're all socialists. The landlord knocks on the door on the fourth and he's like, yo, Jimmy, rent's due. What's going on? Bucks. And then he, and he walks out and he's like, come on, man. I, I work at you know, Huffington Post. They don't pay me that much money, man. I'm trying as hard as I can. Hey, sell your TV or get out. And then he goes and he like comes back and he's all like, stupid landlords. They're so dumb. They didn't even yeah. do anything anyway. Landlord is not a job. Where's, where's that Karl Marx book? Oh, right. And then he goes totally. on Twitter. Donald Trump better. is a fascist. <laughs> it's the only thing in their life they have control over. I think you're right. Which mm. brings me to it. the next little bit of fun yeah, we have boy. for tonight. Oh, boy. My friends. We are going on a wild ride. I hope, I, I imagine some of you may be fans of like, I don't know, uh, James Bond, right? Mm. James Bond movies, spy thrillers. You know what movies I like? The Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. And Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Senseless explosions and like, for some reason, car thieves are important and the government wants them to like, stop terrorism. And car chases and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea why the government came to a car thief from Brooklyn or whatever, or Miami and asked him to, like, stop a terrorist lady with a helicopter and a submarine. But, hey, man, sometimes these stores are just fun. But what happens when there's no movie theaters because they're shut down? Hmm. You get this. Ooh. Cassandra of Troy. Now, who is this lady? I don't know. Hmm. But she wrote, the more I write about this, the more it becomes plain. If Biden loses, 2020 will be the last remotely free and fair election we have for decades. And certainly, my lifetime, we are in the middle of an autocratic attempt. And it looks so much like Hungary's. The courts are being packed with loyalists. Most state legislatures and swing states are gerrymandered beyond belief. The executive branch is gaining unitary power. The Department of Justice is blatantly selectively applying the law to favor the autocrat. IGs are being destroyed. Oh, there's more. I'm going to read it. How many? How many oh, my Lanta. <laughs> ten. Ten oh. of these. Okay. Anyway, to drop the, uh, uh, the, the funny accent, <laughs> the point. This, is, this has got 26,000 retweets. But why? Because people need James Bond to be real. They're really bored. They need Trump to walk in the room holding a cat, stroking it, and Joe Biden to like swing down from like a, a cable and go, <laughs> well, chap, time to take you out. And then, you know, Donald Trump is like, get him, kitty. And the cat's made of gold and the cat turns into a robot. <laughs> they need something exciting because life is boring. Yeah. 
So they write unhinged, paranoid, delusional trash like this. Let's read on. Oh, yeah. She says, AGs are being replaced. Congress is no longer a check on corruption, as the Senate has been captured by Trump loyalists. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in bad shape. Huh. Ditto Breyer. Hybrid regimes, competitive authoritarianism are remarkably stable. This is why 2020 is for all the marbles. This is why I have no use for people who whinge about Biden-Harris not being far enough left for their tastes. They are under the mistaken belief that if Biden loses, they will have another chance to elect people that are far enough left for their liking. The truth is, and here we go, if Biden and Harris lose, there isn't going to be an opportunity to elect someone like uh, they like in their lifetime, not without secession of blue states. That's the only plausible scenario I can come up with after the autocratic breakthrough. The people who study autocracy are all singing the same tune. American democracy is not strong enough to survive another four years. It's four years, dude. Come on. The TV shows last longer than that. The guardrails are already almost completely down. This is entirely consistent with how others have fallen in the post-Cold War period. Trump's intentions are clear. So are the GOPs. While Republicans are fear-mongering the hell out of this election, Democrats refuse to call what is happening what it is for fear of sounding alarmist. Maybe this helps their chances of election. But it leaves the vast majority of the American public in the dark as to how incredibly dangerous this moment is, especially with QAnon, a group that wants enemies thrown in concentration camps, inexorably capturing the Republican Party, even as it becomes autocratic. Beware, be warned, or don't. Because once this election comes and goes, if Donald J. Trump is still president on January 21st, 2021, we're effed. Democracy in America is not coming back. Dun, dun, dun. Cue the crazy music and the explosions. And you got yourself a kind of thriller, man. This is great. Thrilling. I love it. She, she, She finishes with, in most states, your vote no longer matters. We are rapidly approaching it at a federal level. You know that you no long you are no longer living in a democracy because the elections in which you are participating no longer can yield political change. And um, I don't know where's the, the you know those boxes where they pull the lever like the wild e wild e wild e coyote would use and like it would blow up. Yep, the detonation box. Uh-huh. Cue that as soon as she finishes. Like no, yeah, I, I'm thinking she took an entire bottle of painkillers after. Dude, this I would holy cow. I got a really good idea. It would be fun to like make a movie trailer with this. Yes, just read this and like. You know, you know how they do the movie trailers where the guy sounds like he's been smoking for 40 years? <laughs> the more I write about this, the more be- it becomes plain. If Biden loses, 2020 will be the last remotely free and fair election we have had for decades. All right, Alex Jones. I know. I was thinking that. Like, I should probably read this in Alex Jones' voice. Yeah. Except oh, even Jones isn't that. They're unhinged. the same people. Oh no, 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 no. Alex Jones isn't. I mean, he's screaming about other other people, but he's not, like, talking about Trump being a dictator. Oh my gosh! The best, the best part about all of this is that this 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 worldview they've crafted is they're building a tower. Tell me, imagine it, right? It's like uh, you know, Rachel Maddow goes on TV and she's like, you know, Donald Trump is a Russian. When that falls apart, what do they do with that mound of trash they've built for three years? Listen, if you built a nice house, you'd love and you'd respect that house, and you'd say, I like this building. Now, if you built a big pile of trash to stand on. You might not like it like a house, but you're like, hey, man, I built this pile of trash. This is my garbage. It's my garbage. That's right. Don't touch my garbage. Like that, that, that uh, <laughs> possum meme. Don't touch my garbage. 
You know, as much as I'm not really all that interested in the garbage, I can understand why someone, you know, spending three years piling up garbage would be like, I know it's garbage, but I did put a lot into this. It's exactly like a sunken cost fallacy. Right, they put right. all their time into this and gosh darn it, it is the best garbage what in the world. What do we do now? So here's what ends up happening. I've built, you know, many of us, those of you watching, we've all built nice little houses of like coherent thought. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump has his issues, but for the most part, you know, he's okay. And and he's doing a lot of things that have been traditional in terms of like political parties. Some people have compared him to like Bill Clinton in the good way, not the bad way. Like, you know, just general populist policy and stuff. Yeah. Although I will say, I, I think Trump is very, very different from Bill Clinton. But some people have said like in terms of where he sits on the political spectrum, it's relatively similar. And the things he says, you know, are, are very inviting to regular people. So we've all built these kind of little huts of coherent thought. But the left is sitting on a big pile of stinky garbage. They refuse to let go because they've put too much into it. And they keep inviting more people to the stinky garbage. And they're warning. Like, so here's what happens. You're walking down the street and there's a fork in the road. And there's a bunch of nice little looking huts. But there's that big old pile of garbage. And there's someone standing at the fork telling you, go to the garbage pile. This woman clearly does. And then she's staring at like old faded cans of like Pepsi from the 70s. And she's reading the ingredients and screaming, did you know what's in this? And then like, actually, I'll do a better example. With this pile of garbage, you'll have like someone find an old, you know, um, I don't know, uh, a a piece of like a building and there's asbestos on it. And so they start screaming about the asbestos, but nobody's using it anymore, right? It's gone. It's been removed. You know, there's a lot of problems with it. These people who have built their garbage pile have bad information, things that make no sense. And the narrative of Russia and all this conspiracy stuff about Trump is just not true. How insane do you have to be to believe that nationally out of like how how many how many political offices are are there in this country? Like five or seven thousand? Oh, yeah. Many, many, many. That they're all being secretly taken over and that Trump controls them all. This requires a lot of faith. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Even even as it goes with like when when it comes to the Democrats and mail-in voting. I don't think they're, they're all sitting there in like a, a cabal. But you, I'll tell you this. It, I think it's really funny that she brought up QAnon. Because Q people, not all of I, I don't. I think a lot of people who follow Q don't actually read what it's all about. And so there's a lot of people who have a general view of what it means. Like, you know, Epstein and stuff like that. Which, like, we know the Epstein stuff is, like, mostly true because victims have come, come forward. And there's, you know, we'll see what happens with that Maxwell lady. But like Bill Clinton has has been flight logs, not to the island, but there's like this weird stuff. There's weird, there's weird stuff around that, right? So it's like, okay, okay. But some of these people go nuts. Like they they, take conspiracies go way too far. But it's funny that she brings up Q because she's like the other side of that. You know, Trump, Trump Trump-anon or whatever, or Clinton-anon, I don't know, whatever. TDS lady. Yeah. So do you think she realizes that she sounds exactly as deranged? No. Or more so? No. The reason why she brings up Q is because when she looks across the aisle, that's what she sees. Yeah. Like she's she, on the same level. She's the inversion of it. Ah, uh, yeah. Got it. So, but think about it. If the Q people think there's like a government cabal conspiracy and like trafficking and all this stuff, and she's claiming that Trump is an autocrat who's like stacking the courts and like, I work for Russia. It's just as insane. Yep. I think, I think Hillary Clinton and, and her, and her uh, you know, cronyists, like the people around her, they're just crooks. I, I think that they've probably been involved in really bad stuff. I think it's questionable what Bill Clinton was doing with Epstein, and I think there may be something there we'll look into. 
But I don't think there's like a grand international Illuminati cabal, like, you know, snatching up kids or anything like that. I mean, you know, but hey, at least it's based in reality, I suppose. That would be too easy, too simple, too interesting, too pat. That makes me think it's not real. Well, I think I think there's something with Epstein and Clinton, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. There and, there's, be something and, there. and Prince Andrew. Oh, but, yeah. I, but I think a lot of people probably take that and then immediately assume like extreme scenarios. Like everything else is true. Uh, I don't go there. Look, I think, I think, you know, we know that politicians are creepy weirdos who do drugs and probably do illegal things like all the time, for sure. But to, to go as insane as this lady, when it's like, listen, I think Hillary Clinton was bad for a lot of reasons. I think she was very crooked, and I think Joe Biden is crooked. I think Donald Trump has some questionable things you can criticize him for, but for the most part, it's in the same realm of like politics in this country. And I think Trump does love this, con- does love this country, and I think he is a populist, though he is himself very elite. I don't think he's all that bad, and I think they're extreme in their exaggerations of who he is. And I think a lot of people are extreme in their exaggerations of who Hillary Clinton is. Yep. Hillary Clinton is a crooked cronyist who played dirty with cash at her foundation and a bunch of other horrifying things. And that's corruption at the highest level. Yep. And that's, I'm like, yeah. That's a thing. What else is new? Yeah. Unfortunately. I don't think she's like meeting in the basements with like giant owl statues and like praying to like pentagrams or anything like that. Again, way too interesting. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's very boring. (laughs) Super often disappointing. I I mean, look, you know. That's, that, that's why I was kind of saying, like, what this lady is saying with this Trump conspiracy. You'd think after all these years they'd let go. It's just not real. Trump is not a secret agent. Trump is not, like, Kaiser... What's, what's the, what was the guy's name? Um, what's the, what was the, the World War... Kaiser Germ- Wilhelm? Not Wilhelm. Oh, I don't know. Um, no, no, no I was, I'm, not, I'm not thinking of Kaiser Wilhelm. I'm thinking of um, that, that autocratic German dude. I can't remember his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Context. I'm sorry. He's, he's, he's one of the guys who said it is better that 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person escape. What was his name? Guilty I don't know. Everyone's going to everyone's going to like know his name now in a second. That was Blackstone. No, no, no. Blackstone. Blackstone was the inverse. He said it's better that 10 innocent uh, 10 guilt uh, 10 guilty people escape than right. one innocent oh, suffer. He said innocent. Be- oh, snap. Yeah. So there, this, this other guy. I can't remember his name. Not, not people are saying Kaiser. So no, 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 no. Um, maybe I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the German guy. Bismarck. Bismarck. There you go. Wh- who is he? Am I mixing his up? Him up with somebody else? I think I am. Anyway, <laughs> anyway the Otto point von is. von Bismarck. I will look at. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where was he? Because he was the authoritarian guy. You know. Yeah, he was a decisive figure in European history. He retained yeah. control over Prussia. Prussia. There we go. See, I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I had a general idea. I read something on the internet once. Yes. No, but here's here, this is why I'm not going to write an article about Bismarck. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to fact check it first. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I do this. Whenever I say something, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll tell people, make sure you fact check me because I heard this. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's interesting nonetheless. A lot of people just write garbage. But, like, they think Donald Trump is, you know, like having secret meetings in bunkers about like with like pulling out maps and then like as soon as trump walks downstairs he pulls off like a fake flap of skin and there's a mustache and then he starts speaking with the, like they, they think donald trump is secretly a dictator trying to take over the world they've watched too many movies yes donald trump is like wearing his personality on his sleeve like they can't accept that he is a boisterous egotistical tv personality reality uh, uh, re- a reality tv real estate mogul who he loves america he, kn- he does international trade deals, and he thought he could do better than everybody else, and he knows people, and he won. And he made the economy work really, really well, but he didn't really understand how government works because he's not a politician. Yep. So he did some things wrong. He hired some bad people, and I think he's starting to figure out and do a better job. He's a smart guy. I think it's, I think it's crazy when they call him stupid. You got to be, you got to be, you got to be 
arrogant beyond all recognition to assume someone like Donald Trump is stupid. That is insanely wishful thinking to yeah. think that Donald Trump is stupid. No. Impulsive? Maybe. Arrogant? Sure. But the guy, like, I think it's hilarious when they say things like his unsuccessful business. Mm. And whenever I hear my friends say something like that, I'm like, which one? And they're like, the one he declared bankruptcy on. I'm like, okay, first of all, <laughs> which one? Yeah. Second of all, he had like 500 plus businesses and declared bankruptcy like a handful of times. And bankruptcy doesn't even mean you failed. It's like debt protection. So like, which one? They don't even know, do they? I once had a bottle of Trump water and a Trump steak. And they, and they were complaining in the media at that time that the companies were defunct. And I'm like, Trump's companies, like Trump Magazine and Trump Water, they service his properties. So they were, they were saying, like, all these things failed. And I'm like, no, he just sells them. He, like, it's a company. He makes it, and then he sells it to his own company. Right. But they're, 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 they're too obsessed with their, like, movie reality world. And I have to wonder, there, there are some people on Twitter who are unhinged. And normally I say that, you know, kind of in, in, in an exaggerated tone. No. Some of these people are literally mentally ill. Not kidding. They're, I'm not going to name. I'm not going to name these specific individuals because I don't want to. You know, I don't want to send. Un, I don't. I don't want to send people over to these mentally ill profiles. But there are some Twitter people with hundreds of thousands of followers who are quite literally mentally ill. To be fair, there are a lot of people on Twitter, and statistically speaking, some of them are likely to be mentally ill. And frankly, Twitter kind of caters to the obsessive compulsive tendencies and makes people stirred up into Neur a frenzy neurodivergent yeah i remember when, like someone recently asked me like what, what does that mean what is neurodivergent and i'm like it is the tumblr way of saying you you are mentally ill yes neurodivergent yes. It, like, it, okay. it really just means your brain goes in two different directions or it goes in the wrong direction yep all of the wrong directions there, there, there are some people who've tweeted like really really crazy things saying things like steve bannon is going to be hanged for treason or something no joke interesting yeah i'm not gonna name these people but again too many movies i'm sure everybody knows who i'm talking about right now what the heck? but they, they're admittedly mentally ill what's what's crazy is twitter verifies them and listen what you got to understand is that if i come to you and say um do you want to go to the park and you go why what's happening at the park i, I don't know like i don't know someone with like, like a dog was there you'll be like dogs are cool but that sounds kind of boring. Yeah. What if I walked in and said, dude, we got to go to the park. Why? I, I, there's like clowns and like a giraffe came in and then like some dude was juggling knives and there's like flamethrowers. Like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah, flamethrowers, dude, come on. You'd be like, okay, 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 let's go to the park. Right. And you go and there's nothing there. So what's happening is these people on Twitter, some people will be like, Donald Trump today, you know, said he wants to uh, uh, build houses mm. in low-income areas or whatever. And then you're like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Right. Is that news? Nobody clicks it. Yep. So what do they have to do? Uh, Donald Trump, who is uh, Hitler, <laughs> wants to build uh, homes to f uh, force impoverished people into internment. Oh. Oh, snap. And then people are like, whoa, and they click it. Uh. And they go to the article, and it's like the housing and development project for the, the like, less wait fortunate. Wait a second, but you already gave them your click. That's the that's the framing thing they do. Yeah. And then women like this, the Cassandra lady who's like, Donald Trump is, is an autocrat trying to take over and we'll never have an election again. It's like, whoa, lady, calm down. I, I would I would make a joke about taking some kind of medication, but this is a show with a lot of people and I might get in trouble for doing so. But in a in a normal uh, private setting, I'd make a ton of jokes about <laughs> medication. I probably already made too many jokes. Yeah. It sounds like she's about to go over the edge. Poor lady. Here's the funniest thing about it. Check out the story from The Daily Caller. 
Judge orders an Iowa county to invalidate 50,000 absentee ballot requests. Oh. Huh. <laughs> How about that? It's just read this and I'm like, it's the exact opposite of everything they're claiming about Trump. I thought this was all without evidence, Timothy. Why are they invalidating 50,000 absentee ballot requests? Let's let's find out. Lynn County Auditor Joel Miller issued 140,000 absentee ballots in July that were already pre-filled with voters' personal information, such as their date of birth and, most importantly, voter identification numbers. According to the AP, Miller said he wanted to make it easy for voters to vote absentee during the pandemic, per the same report. However, Judge Ian Thornhill ruled that Miller's mailing of the ballots violated a clear directive from Iowa Secretary of State Paul Pate who said absentee ballots forms must be blank when sent to voters, according to the AP. Thornhill has ordered Miller to notify voters who received pre-filled out ballot. Their ballot cannot be processed. Instead, they can either vote in person on Election Day or request new absentee ballots. Miller has agreed to send out the new blank forms. So it's actually not what we thought it was, but it's still kind of fraud. Yeah. The initial fraud, it seemed like, or, you know, impropriety was that people were sending in their requests and getting you know, getting nuked. Right. As it turns out, somebody was trying to send out pre-filled forms to people. So that yeah. seems shady. Does it seem shady to you? Because it yes. seems like if he was doing that in good faith, I understand wanting to make voting as easy as possible. No way. You don't think he was acting in good faith? I don't. Okay. Because what, so listen, sitting right in front of me, I yeah. love pointing to this thing. It's still there. Is a, is a, is a mail-in ballot. I don't know what to do Not with an it. application. Literal ballot that came to my house for someone who does not live here. What if they filled out that person's personal information, including voter ID number? We have all their information now. And what would happen if some hokey old dumb lady, you know, she goes to her mailbox, she's like, Whoa, what's this? For, for who? I can't read it. And she opens it wrongly. And then she's looking through it and she's like, who's Jimmy? What's this social security number and bank account information? Uh, Let me just punch this into Amazon and well, I'm going to order some books. I'm kidding. <laughs> but... uh if so, if they send out all that pre-filled out information, that's true. That's that's a big breach. There's a lot of people who probably get mail and just tear it all open without looking at it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like going through bills, they got a stack, and they're stripping things open. Especially if it's like a married couple, and they're like the mail is just to them. The kids are moved out. Yeah, they're gonna get someone's mail. They're gonna open it and be like, John Smith, voter ID number. Whoa, what what is this? Mm-hmm. Now they're gonna have their private information. Yep. So, assu- presumably. You know, we get this ballot sent here because this person used to live here. That would be the same thing that would happen to them, but they would get access to other information. They'd have their name and their voter ID number. I don't know what else would be included in it. Party affiliation, maybe, or something. I yeah, don't know. I think so. Well, that's dirty. Mm, so, yeah. so, so here's why I bring this one up, because they like to play this game where they're accusing Donald Trump of being the fraudster who's trying to take over the world or whatever. And the problems are coming from their demands. It's, it's been this way the entire time. You know, Donald Trump has made his mistakes in fighting him, but he's won. I think about, like, Russiagate really is crazy. The Obamagate stuff, the oh, Russiagate yeah. stuff. So basically, they've been, they, they were accusing Trump of working for the Russians. They wouldn't stop. And then Trump made the mistake of saying, can you make it go away? And then firing Comey. Can you blame him for wanting it to no, go I, away? No, and he's allowed to do that. He's allowed to fire Comey. And then they went nuts, and they were like, screeching, and they <sighs> won't stop. But you know what? Based on what we were talking about earlier, you know what I think it is? Hmm. Our, our sphere of influence on the internet is growing, and the establishment sphere of influence is shrinking, and they're crying and panicking about it, and there's nothing they can do. But I tell you, as they drown, they will violently thrash about. I'm seeing it. And they got, you know, Kitty's got claws, man. Yeah. So if you, I'll tell you this, when you see someone drowning, don't, you, you have to be very careful about how you approach them. 
because right. they will pull you down too. Yep. What do you? What was, I'm, I'm not an expert, but you go around behind them. Yeah, I think you come up behind them and grab them. Yeah, and then swim backwards. But if you go up to them and they grab you, they'll just pull you down and you will both drown. Because yeah, they're freaking out. That's what the mainstream media is doing right now. Yeah. And that's why all these personalities on Twitter are going like, Trump's a dictator. And then they go home and they're shaking as they pour wine. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, so much wine. I'm imagining like when, when I when I do that wine shaking, I'm imagining it's Alyssa Milano. Oh She's like, gosh. orange man, he's orange. And the orange thing is a, is a real, no, you're laughing, but she actually, no, I know. It's she actually she said tweeted. it. I know. He's so, not sorry that he's orange or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not sorry that he's orange. <laughs> the funniest sorry, thing. Sorry, Alyssa. She tweeted out this big, long, unhinged thread where she's like, Joe Rogan has three times the viewers that I do. And oh, I'm like, honey. Oh. do you mean like three orders of magnitude? Yes. That's <laughs> what like she meant. Three times. No. I think we have three times listeners she does. No, we have more than that. Oh, my goodness. We have way more than that. Okay, Dude, she, doesn't even, she doesn't even chart. She's not oh. even on any charts. She probably gets like 100 downloads. Ugh. I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't think. Well, no, that's not fair. She does have a few thousand reviews. So, you know, maybe she's getting, I don't know, a few thousand maybe. But anyway, one of her tweets was like in all caps, he's orange and it's part of his strategy to be orange and they don't care. And I'm like, what? I don't care. It's part of the brand. It's the orange. Come on. He's not like he. Okay, you've seen how they try to make him look more orange, right? Oh yeah. It's the like one. There was one that was really funny where he was literally glowing, (laughs) and I'm like, dude, okay, you guys definitely overdid this because the dude's not radioactive. Was that the one where he was walking towards the plane and his Mm -hmm. hair was blowing back? No, but that one was that bad. Was like too. what? They and, shopped it, and it looked like it, yeah, they made him look like a clown. Yeah, so weird. They like desaturated around him. Yeah. No, there was it was one where it was like I think it was CNN or something, and he was literally glowing because they upped the saturation too much. I gotta find it now. And I'm just like, uh, like I'm pretty sure Donald Trump's skin isn't radioactive because <laughs> like I don't know I, I don't I don't I don't know what generates an orange glow. But I'm assuming it's some kind of quantum function yep. pertaining to, to radioactivity. No one should be glowing. No, but that's 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 the media, man. They're, they, it, it's it's funny when you look at like uh, CNN's personalities, like uh, uh, Oliver Darcy mm. and um, He's Brian, had some Brian Stelter. Lately. Oh man, Stelter. what did what did he tweet? To, what did, what did Darcy tweet today? That like the the right wing media and like Kyle Rittenhouse is a proof of of radicalization. Yeah, and I'm like, but three months of mass rioting and thirty people dead—that's not radicalization. Yeah, that wouldn't radicalize right. anyone. No, but think about it. It's like three months, nonstop riots, thirty people dead, crickets. Mm-hmm. One guy shows up after three months. Two people die, and they're screaming at the they're top of their on lungs. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite was from Brian Stelter. Because he was railing about how much I think it was Tucker Carlson makes. So you want to know what I did? I did a little Google search. How much does Brian Stelter make? You know how much Brian Stelter makes? I do. Tell me. Exactly how much he was accusing uh, Tucker Carlson making. Yeah. Brian Stelter, how much is that? So he was accusing Tucker Carlson. I think it was Tucker Carlson. He was saying he makes $10 million a year. I was like. Okay, that seems low, first of all. Let's see how much uh, Brian Stelter makes. So, Brian Stelter makes $10 million no a year. No way. I don't it's buy so that. weird. Yeah, I don't believe I, it. I looked it up. No way. I gotta Brian find Stelter on, on CNN's lowest rated show versus the highest rated cable TV news show in history? Let me see. And it's possible. I'll tell you what. Tucker Carlson signed a contract, and he probably got a lower number because it was a new show. Yeah. I'll tell you this. When Tucker renegotiates, he's going to be the highest, made, highest paid man in television. Here's an article from CNN. As Tucker Carlson justifies violence, Fox News is paying him $10 million a year. 
Wow. Yeah. But is, is Brian Seltzer really getting $10 million a year? I don't buy it, man. I found it. Google said it. It's on the internet. It's true. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, CNN's been downsizing. Yeah. That's a lot of money for a Sunday morning show on the news. Like, that, his, yeah. yeah, his show is about the news. Yeah. And it's funny because he only ever has on, like, people in his bubble who say the exact same things to each other. It's like literally listening to Echoes. It's like listening to Pokemon. Oh, like yeah. yeah, so it's like if you took like a bunch of Pokemon and all they did was sit in a room and saying their names over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like you're, there's no meaningful conversation. I guess if you're a Pokemon <laughs> and you like hearing someone say Pikachu seven thousand times, that sounds like fun. But you know, it's it's really funny when you compare like the 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 style of a lot of these shows on like MSNBC or CNN versus any podcast, and I mean even small podcasts where they'll have like I don't care. You, you could take a random, two random people and have them talk, random off the street. You know, it's a good idea for men of the street. Take a random guy and another random guy and then have them talk about politics. Yeah. That would be, be fun. way more be interesting. interesting and informative than anything those people are doing on Sunday morning, you know, Ugh, CNN show. True. They're like, did you see that Donald Trump is a fascist? I did. And the right-wing media is lying. I know, the right-wing media. Did you see Fox News, what they said? Fox News did say things. The oh, yeah. dude, Fox News Review Brian show. Stelter, wrote a book about Fox News. <laughs> wow. You know what I think? That's his world. I think Brian Stelter wishes he worked for Fox News. It it's makes like, him really sad. It reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer tries to join the, join the club, but they call it the No Homers Club. Oh, no. And then he's like, but you let in the other Homer. And they're like, it's the No Homers we We're allowed have to have one. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, then he joins the Freemasons. So, so it's like Brian Stelter sitting outside of Fox News going like, Fox News is so dumb. They didn't even do anything. And yeah. he's like looking at Fox News and like a tear rolls down his cheek. He's like, I want to go inside Fox News. He oh. never quite cut it. No, I don't think the guy ever really wanted to work for Fox News. I think he, he was a media reporter for New York Times. I guess he mm-hmm. interviewed me back in the day. Really? Yeah. For New York, for the New York Times. And you then. You guys are the same age. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like a grandma. You seem like a skater dude. I know. You're totally, it's like, I gotta <laughs> say, it may have something to do with the fact that I exercise every day. Yeah. And, uh, and um, I'm going to go ahead and assume he doesn't. Yep, that seems He safe. should. Yep, and everybody I don't mean should. That a Absolutely, everybody should. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mean that as a dig. I mean that as, uh, you know, staying fit makes you look younger. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but like, I dress like some you do, you do dress younger. It's I don't true. wear a suit or anything. If I wore a suit, people would be like, "Who's that strange man?" <laughs> no, my my real criticism is about the fact that they've made a, made a whole show based on just Fox News, mm-hmm. and it's like, listen, I understand I have my biases. I rag on CNN too, but I rag on MSNBC and ABC and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Democrats, all of them. And if you want to rag on the Republicans, I totally get it. I'm down. Like. I think, you know, I have my criticisms of some of the progressive and left-wing pundits on YouTube for sure, but I respect what they do. They don't like Republicans. I get it. I don't like them either, but my focus lies elsewhere. Yeah. I don't think the biggest threat to our to our nation is Donald Trump. And there are pundits on, on YouTube who don't think the world is ending either. I mean, I think we're, we're facing dire straits. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the world is going to explode and Donald Trump is literally Hitler. But I think we're going to face like real street violence and chaos and stuff like that. But there, there are other left-wing pundits who will just be like, Trump is bad. We should vote for somebody else because policy reasons. But you turn on MSNBC and Rachel Maddow's like, Russia is going to turn off our electricity. <sighs> and I'm like, wow, Rachel, that was so deep up your... That's, <laughs> no, a, I, that's a way out there. Yes. You had to pull, reach into that magic hat and pull it out. and. Oh, that magic hat. Pulling random stuff out uh, uh, 
I remember when Donald Trump rabbits. said that she had blood coming out of her eyes and ears or her whatever, and they turned it into like, you remember that? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, he didn't say it. He stopped himself, and you don't know what he was going to say out of her eyes and her ears, out of her whatever, and they turned it into a sexual thing. Ugh. Yeah, that's so dumb. Ugh. It's, so, it's all so tiresome. Well, I'm tired. Let's do Super yep, Chats. Yep, Super Chats. Super Chats. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. We had a yeah. lot of fun. Mostly me just talking, you know, ranting because I've got some kind of compulsive issue. That's just, that's just me. But uh, if, if you haven't already, make sure you smash that like button. And special thanks, seriously, for everybody. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. And you can follow Lydia at Sour Patch Lids. That's Sour Patch L-Y-D-S on Twitter and Parlor. And make sure to check out my other YouTube channels over at YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCast News. But we're going to read your super chats. We have a very important one from Noah Roth who said, amazing content. Thanks for all the hard work. I appreciate it. It is very important that I praise myself. No, I'm kidding. But thank you. I do, I do, I do appreciate it. Thanks. Will Smith said, John 14, 6 through 7. Ooh, do you know this one? I do not. Right oh, offhand. Yeah. Let me look it up. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Appreciate it. Hmm. Maximum Casey says, hey, Tim and Lydia, happy Friday for you two. I recently saw an article that my county, Orange County, CA, just, just took the county off of the COVID watch list. There was an article by the OC Register. P.S. I would love to see uh, Colian Noir on the show. And I believe we are... We are going to get him on in the future. Yes. I believe it. Yeah, so we're, we're doing bookings. There's a lot of people who are like, I can come immediately. And a lot of people who are like, I am free in the next, you know, three or four weeks. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Lone Wolf uh, 36 says, Wanted to say, I am so proud to be a watcher of your show. You are doing an incredible service for this country, and you will only grow bigger. I look forward to it. Thanks, and I, 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 I got to stress to everybody, you got, you got to understand, like, I just broke a million subs. And a lot of people probably would assume that just getting over a million subscribers, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not getting nearly as many views as many other personalities. Now, I'm getting close to like 90 million per month. 90 million. I believe that may be like the biggest. It's like double the, the, the Young Turks. That's bigger than the Daily Wire and apparently more than these other networks. Yeah. Which is impressive. So that's all you guys. You guys rock. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Let's see. Let's see where we are at here. We got a super chat right here. The Gaming Ginger says... What's with this new Biden ad talking about how Trump's abandoning the U.S.? I love how the comments are turned off because it's unhinged. Donald Trump is like, if anything, you know, you know, if, if you were going to tell me that Donald Trump was abandoning the U.S., I'm going to side eye you and be like, get out of here. If you told me that Donald Trump was standing outside of America's window holding a boombox over his head playing a love song, I'd be like, sounds like that Trump. That sounds right. Yep. That sounds like Trump. A little unnecessary, but. He's yeah, love. and he's like throwing throwing rocks at the window, and you're like, Trump, stop. I'm trying to sleep. Seriously. Francisco Rodriguez says, I've been watching your content for over a year. I love your content and, and objectivity. Keep it up. Do you think school choice will affect gerrymandering since property taxes may need to spread across multiple districts to fund successful schools? That's really interesting. That's an interesting question. I don't know. Probably so. I think you'd, that's a question for Corey DeAngelis. Yeah. So he's the school choice guy on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he knows way better. I see someone just said, I should talk with Adam Carolla. That'd be fun. Adam's cool. Been a fan of him for a, for a really long time. Not that I, I don't really follow him for the most part. Svein R. Carlson says, was Trump born in Orange County? I don't think so. He was born in... Uh, is it because he's orange? Uh, I'm wondering. It's a joke. Now. I am uh, wondering. I don't know where he Trump is born. Trump is orange. I'm curious if he's born further north. I love that Alyssa Milano tweet 
where she was really triggered. She was like, he's orange and it's part of his strategy and they don't care. care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, am I supposed to care? Put down the wine. I yeah. just felt bad for her. I was like, you, wow. You, you ever see the episode of Rick and Morty where Beth shoots Mr. Poopy Butthole and then she goes in the kitchen and she grabs the wine glass and the wine and she's shaking and crying shaking as she pours so it? Oh I imagine gosh. that's how many of these TDS wine moms are, are like when they see Trump tweet. They're like, ah! and they're like shaking. And I'm like, calm down. Why would you let someone do that to you? I don't know. It freaks me out. Maybe because life is boring. It. Yep. I think so. Life gotta boring. find a hobby, man. Yep. You gotta you take know? up crocheting. Yeah. Keep your hands busy. Osirio says, hey, Tim, Steph, and Chet. First Super Chat. Been watching since Crowder bought Tim the firearm. I encourage everyone to look up the Yuri Bezmanov about subversion. It's dangerous, and I think it's telling. And we get a lot of Super Chats recommending it, and it is a good recommendation. And uh, an update on that weapon, the, the, the local, there, there is a shop fairly far away who has it. And I'm, we're, we're getting ready to move. We're building a new studio. It's happening. But it might take a month or so. So I'm talking to a company. We're going to have a real studio. Right now, you know what we have? We have cameras on tripods and like, you know. We have the corner of a room. We have the corner of a room and like nice stuff, stuff we bought from Best Buy. But it's that's very. That's pretty good. Yeah. Except but my we're, camera. We're, yes, that I keeps turning her into a that. tomato. <laughs> but we're actually getting legit cameras and a full studio setup soundboard, like, like actual equipment. Here's the craziest thing. Because we're in the middle of nowhere, we actually have to hire one of these companies to lay ground line. I roll because that takes so long. But we're going to be in the boonies and we're going to have a bunch of like, I think, I think I'm going to hire people to literally just be barefoot and wear overalls with like red flannel. No, that's me. That's and, my and, job. And have a straw, like a, a sheath, like, like a straw that's, in their mouth and a, a rocking chair yeah. with like a yes, shotgun. Okay. <laughs> and then when people walk up and they're like, hi, I'm looking for the local, local town. Yeah, it's back the way you came. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family Guy joke. I know I'm stealing a Family Guy joke. Worth All right, it. let's see what we got. Colin P says things I did not expect in 2020. Elon Musk wrangling beeping cyborg pigs. <laughs> what? What? I'm gonna have to look I that up. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Bomb Chews says I just canceled my Audible account because the three categories on the homepage were racial poetry, racial justice, and the best one, how to raise an anti-racist. You see, one of the reasons I am going to be voting for Donald Trump is specifically because this guy, what's his name, Ibrahim Kendi. Yep. He straight up says in his book, the only way to stop discrimination is more racial discrimination. And that's number one in human rights on Amazon. And it's number 13 overall. White fragility and this are overt racist ideologies. And they're encouraging our society to do the same. I'm not a fan. It's like I will, uh, encouraging I will take, alcoholics to drink more. I will take the orange man. Over the people who want me to hate people based on the color of their skin. Yeah, there you go. That's fair. Yeah. Daniel Ashley says that the, the Titanic launch was a mostly dry journey Correct. for the survivors. No, I, I love the tweet. It was a Titanic journey. Titanic uh, um, first voyage, mostly successful. Yes. <laughs> Indeed it was. Indeed. There, you, know, you know what's really crazy? If you think about it, though, the people in the Titanic had a really, really good time. Probably the best times of their lives until, you know? I'm not, I'm not saying that to be like silly or, or to be dark. I'm like, no, think about it. Like you could be on a plane smiling as you're going for your first trip to Japan or whatever. And then all of a sudden the plane blows up. That would make it by necessity the finest time of your life because it is the final event of your life. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's fair, though. It was I wonder, is, nice it, is it better to go that way or to yeah. be like sad and suffering? No, I think so. I think I think that was a good way to go. There you go. Uh, I wouldn't complain about that. Commander 232 says, well, Tim, just so you know, these BLM, quote, protesters now plan to try and start crap here in Fargo, North Dakota. And what has me most worried is if if you thought Kenosha with Kyle was bad, 
uh, us here won't play any games from the start. I mean, it's we, it's been said, man. These people are going to show up to some town, and there's going to be a bunch of dudes with guns, and they're not going to say it's back the way you came. They're going to be like, "Ooh, look here they come!" This is your final destination, or yep, depending on which kind of gun they have. That's right. Considering that all the ammo is sold out. Yeah. Garfunkel Cat in the Parliament Funkadelic says, Tim is a former political activist in Minnesota. The Iron Range was legendary in Minnesota politics as being unbreakably and generationally DFL. This is a port end of a huge political upheaval. This is what's really interesting. The first time that we talked about was the, D- the, the, the Iron Range in Minnesota. It's the largest Democrat stronghold in Minnesota. But it's Democratic farm, was it Democratic farmer labor? Mm-hmm. That's not even the Democratic Party. It's like, strongly this very specific party that is a part of the Democratic Party. Yeah, it's something a little different, and I had never heard of it before like a couple weeks ago because there was that guy. Remember that guy who was on a residential street screaming at people? No. He what? was a black guy. He was yelling at a white family. They were having a cookout in front of their garage. He I don't was a that. member of the DFL, and I was like, what the heck is really? the DFL? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ended up apologizing, huh. and everything was fine, but I was like, wow, I'd never heard of that party before. Turns out they are not... Uh, Insubstantial. Who knew? Scott Young says, I was staying at a hotel in VA last night, and the RNC on PBS was blacked out in my area. What? what? That's weird. Justin Four says, Coroner's report shows five gunshot wounds to the first Kenosha attacker. Three shots were superficial. One was possibly lethal. The shot which pierced both lung and liver came from behind the attacker and hit him in the back. Whoa. Whoa. That's I interesting that. stuff. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking into that definitely for tomorrow. Interesting. Chris, Christopher Weibel, massive super chat. Seriously, thank you so much. That's big. John Shao says, or is it pronounced Scow? I did the impossible. I am done with the NBA. That has been my number one go-to for, anti, for anti-stress, but after all the crap they've pulled, I am done. I'm sorry to hear it, man. I, I, I feel for you, man. You know what's really crazy? I follow a bunch of pro skateboarders. Some of them are woke. Some of them are not woke. Some of them are straight up QAnon. And I'm like, whoa. Quite the spectrum there. Yeah, but I saw somebody, this like uh, an amateur skater posted a th- like a bunch of Instagram stories about like Bill Clinton. I wouldn't call it all the way into the Q territory stuff, but it was like talking about Epstein. And they were like, I'm done with this. Wow. A lot of people I hear that are supporting Trump are doing it. So there's somebody I know from like uh, uh, the Midwest. And they were... Very like Green Party, third party type, you know, not really super interested in the two party system and very activisty. Now they're posting a ton of stuff about supporting Trump specifically because they've seen him targeting human trafficking. And it's one of his agenda items for a second term. Yeah. And you know what? They just found 39 kids who had been missing some for as long as two years. Some as, some as young as three years old. They found 39 kids. It should have been front page news everywhere. It's, it's crazy that. The media is trying to claim that Trump trying to stop traffickers is him, you know, dog whistling to QAnon. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's trying to save joking? kids. I see they're posting the tweets and they're Sick like, clearly disgusting. he's trying to wink, wink at the Q people. It's like, uh, no, it's the other way around. Actually, Trump has been steadfast on ending human trafficking and that attracted the Q people. Right. People who really care about that. Oh, man. It's Oof. just, you know, Ugh. that makes me mad. Jack Daw says you should get a hold of a prominent YouTuber, Louis Rossman. He lives and runs a business in Manhattan. He's been putting up a lot of videos about the first-hand experience of the violence in the streets and destruction of the economy around him. Interesting. Jack Daw says, Tim Pool is a red skull. He leads people to a red pill and he can never possess. 
Ha ha ha. In doing so, he remains uh, a guardian on the wall, forever watching over the world of men. Yeah, I'm, I'm voting for Trump, though. Look, the, the big issue to me, for the most part, with, with this election is that the, the Democrats have been overrun or adopted far-left identitarianism. And I, I know exactly what that means. Not going to happen on my watch. I mean, I, I'll do my best, but, you know, MG says, I'm not voting racist blue. I'm not voting do nothing red. I'm voting get the job done, make America great, Trump gold. That's it. Trump is not a Republican. He was an insurgent, just like Bernie Sanders. Sanders knew his only path to winning was to go through the Democratic Party. Trump knew his only path to winning was to go through the Republican Party. I think the reason Donald Trump didn't run as a Democrat is because Democrats wouldn't elect a billionaire. Republicans would like in terms of nominating. But Donald Trump was a moderate and even Vox said so. Trump got in. He opposed a ton of what Republicans wanted, creating the never Trumpers. They were complaining. They're elite cronies. So the reality is, you say Trump gold, but I hear you. It makes you, whatever the color is. He's not Republican red. Yeah. He's not Democrat blue. He's something totally different. And there's a small handful of Republicans in the Republican Party who are whatever, you know, the, I mean, the left, the, the media pundits even call it, they call it Trumpism, yeah. not, not Republicanism. It is different. Yeah, they hate it. Remember, they made populist a dirty word. Yeah, they were like the problem with populist. And it's like, are you trying to argue that elitism is better? Yeah, no, 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 there's not a whole lot of room there. Meritocracy is fine. And with meritocracy, you'll see wealthier people and more prominent people in, in prominent roles. But elitism is this idea that people who are simply rich for whatever reason are the ones who are going to be in charge. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm not into that. Like I said, if you tell me that the Iron Range, the, these, these, this prominent Democrat uh, union area is endorsing Trump, and then you tell me that the, the cronies from the government are endorsing Biden, I know which side I'm on. And it's not the government cronies, man. It's going to be union workers. Well, you're not when, on the side of the deep state, Tim. But when did the left decide I'm going to be opposed to the union workers? That is insane. That's crazy. I don't know. You get a bunch of intelligence agents, guys, and they're like, yep, that represents me. What? <laughs> Dude, the, the people who live humble lives and work like regular jobs and are union members, longstanding Democrats. Wow. People whose grandparents used to work in mines, man. Care yeah. more about those people. Nick Ellie says, I acknowledge that Tim is a liberal, but I think Lydia said it best several weeks ago. If you're a conservative, conserve things. Right now, what needs conserving is liberalism, which I think makes Tim a conservative liberal. Actually, I think. Uh, actually, yeah, maybe that makes sense. Yeah, but not in the sense of like conserving things in the sense that whatever liberal is supposed to represent, I am like on the left, but for liberals, I'm closer to the right because I'm actually in the middle. You know what I'm saying? You'd like to keep actual liberalism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actual liberalism is classical and social liberalism. And the, make, the big difference, it's, it's basically a center right and a center left position. They mostly get along with each other on like everything. Yep. They have minor arguments about like government policy. Now you have classical liberalism. Social liberals are just like hiding in the corner, I guess. And the far left. The most, con most conservatives are probably in many ways very classically liberal. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because they care about freedom. And they would like but, to conserve some of those ideas. Right. Uh, liberalism, the, in the truest sense of the word, is individuality, uh, the consent of the governed, and things like that. And conservatives absolutely protect those values, more so than they did a while ago, too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They've gotten a lot more liberal in some ways. Definitely. All right. We got a ton of super chats, man. We got oh, too man. many super chats. Thank you, guys. Grim Pickin says, who cares if he crossed state lines? Sure, different state laws. But it's not like he went to Canada. A citizen's out outrage about current events is valid regardless of where they live. Want to support a community? Go do it. Who cares where you're from? 
I mean, it, sure, but the left is arguing that for their rioting. They're like, I'm from Seattle, but I'm going to go to Wisconsin. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't bring that stuff into my home, okay? However, this kid lived like 20 minutes outside of Kenosha. I'm not, you're not, you're not getting me with that state line stuff. It's like, dude, he was, he like hung out there. It's, it's his area. Either we enforce it for everyone and no one should be crossing any state lines to do anything in other cities or it doesn't matter uh, uh, at all. Uh, we're, we're literally in a suburb of Philadelphia. Right. Because Philadelphia borders the river. And then once you cross the river, you're, you're in New Jersey. How absurd would it be if it was like Tim Pool cross state lines to go gamble? Yeah, it's, it's like, like well, yeah, the casino's away. right there. It's a 10 minute drive. What are you talking about? I live here. But it is across state lines. Technically correct. It's really funny. Um, so uh, for, 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 I'll, tell, I'll, t- I'll let most of you know the big secret. We didn't do the show yesterday. And I thought it would be easier just to be like, one of the reasons we were like, we don't want to do the show was very simply, Trump was going to be giving his speech. And I was like, maybe it's actually a bit reckless because this is a very important thing we should be watching. Yeah. And then some, uh, serendipitously, I cracked a tooth. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Arr! and then I rushed to the dentist. And I, I totally, I totally, uh, uh, it all got taken care of. But the funny thing is, they asked me on the phone if I've left the state because of COVID. They were like, you're going to come in. We can take care of you. You'll be done in, in half an hour. I'm like, awesome. And they, you know, everything was taken care of pretty easily. It wasn't a big deal. But they were like, have you left the state at all in the past, you know, two weeks? And I was like, no. And they're like, okay. And I was like, I just started thinking about it. I'm like, wait. wait. Yeah, I did. No. No. But, but what, if, what if I just hopped over the river? Yeah. 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 I was like, we live right here. It's like, if, if I was like, yeah, I went to Philly for a cheesesteak. Yeah. Is that if you had. I don't know. Yeah. It's hmm. weird, isn't it? That is really weird. We're just too, too close to other states here. These states are too small, man. Yeah, Delaware's not far away. Ooh, here's Od- Odin. Oh, Odin. Thank you. Snap. The, the, the Allfather says. Oh, thank you. Actually, it says Odin the Almighty. Greetings from Norway. Keep it the good work. Appreciate it. Very cool. Let's see. Villa Music Dude says, you mentioned Rochester and how that couple was attacked at the fire supply, fire supply store. I used to live right down the street. The city was doing so well. The riot and violence I saw disgusted me. I feared for my mom and aunt's safety. Yeah, man. Nick Gan- uh, Gando says, watch Colian Noir's response to Rittenhouse. Will do. Colian's great. Oh, yeah. Zane Carpenter says, y'all are awesome. Keep it up. Much love from a small town called Glouch. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Gloucester? Gloucester. Gloucester, VA. Very cool. Thank you. Sepulchi says, have you guys seen Neuralink demo today? No. That's the pig they were talking about. Really? Yeah, they implanted Neuralink in a pig. And then he controlled it? I don't know. You ever seen the movie Gamer? Mm-mm. I think it's called the Gamer. I think we have. Where um, Michael C. Hall has like the nanobots that go in people's brains. Oh, and then maybe. he takes over their bodies. And like there's a really cool scene where he like does this puppet dance and he makes them all do it oh, too. interesting. Like I don't want Elon Musk to be like laughing and then going like, <laughs> and then doing it with his fingers. And I'm like, oh, I can't help it. I'm oh, doing no, like Elon Musk. The future. Yeah. The YMCA. No, that's the oh, E man. and the M. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he makes, me, he makes me do the <laughs> oh, Elon I Musk. Oh, I see. I got it now. Yeah, he starts okay. puppet controlling me. This makes sense. I don't want to put it like, could you, like, do you know why I would not? If, if imagine if they put Neuralink in your brain, dude, come on. I mean, I like the idea, but think about it. It's nice in principle. What if China like hacked your brain? Yep, it's gonna be easy. No thanks, dude. Mm-mm. You know, be crazy. What? Like Neuralink becomes a normal thing across the world, and then warfare is like some like criminal comes in and like hacks some virus into your brain, and then everyone starts experiencing crazy nightmarish zombie attacks. And, like, you walk in 10 minutes later, and they're all on the ground screaming and, like, bashing their like heads Kingsman. on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the Neuralink can actually do anything like that. But if, if, it, if, they, if it got to that point where they could make you, like, see and hear things, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not into that. You want to see someone commit a crime that didn't actually happen? But I guess, I, I guess the general idea of the Neuralink is a port, though, right? 
I don't know. Not wireless? Is it wireless? I don't think it's wireless, is it? Well, I got to look at it. I got to see this demo yeah. they just did with this If thing. it was like a port to your brain and you could click something in and you could remove it, that would probably be acceptable, you know? Because I wouldn't want any wireless node where I'm like, you know, all of a sudden, Elon Musk is sending like, you know, anime cat girls into my, into my brain. I'd be like, <laughs> no, no Elon, <laughs> no, what's happening? They're everywhere and they're oh, meowing at me. Oh, no. But they're people and <laughs> cartoons. Some people might like it, you know? Nope, nope. Nick, Nicodemus says, if you didn't see the Neuralink demo, the synopsis is that Elon Musk demoed an implantable computer that requires a robot brain surgeon that takes a little under an hour to complete. Oh, and the pigs with, without, and with recently removed implants. Wow. I got to check oh, that boy. out. That sounds pretty sounds cool. Sketchy. The future is now. Let's see. Jay Smith says, Tim, I find it humorous, ironic that these people preach anti-racism yet make fun of orange skin. Yeah. How well, well, is that? that's colorism. Oh, yeah, they that's call it, right. Yeah. They do. They call it colorism. Not the right shade. They are, they are colorists for mocking Trump for being orange. Hey, you leave the orange man alone. That's right. He's one of a kind. Well, Trump did choose to be orange, though, to be <laughs> honest. Well, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> he chose to be I mean, orange. Sean King comes to mind. Let's see. Matt Graham says, I love the show. Especially when Tomato Lydia is the guest. I'd like to give a shout out to Yurji's Barbecue in Indiana. Their owner denied the governor's mandated mask order and called it tyranny. His business was shut down today. Man, that's, wow. that's messed up. Big Mac Attack says, Tim, you're describing ghost in the shell. Neuralink is like the pre- precursor to the solid state brains. Yes, I watched ghost in the shell. You know what ghost in the shell is? Kind of. It's like in the future, people have cyberized brains. And there's like, uh, one, I mean, one of the, one of the really... It's really, really cool. There's a, a character called the Laughing Man. Mm-hmm. And when people look at him, their brains are hacked. And the only thing they see is this image of a smiling face with a baseball cap. And there's words spinning around it that say, what I thought I'd do is I'd pretend I was one of those deaf mutes. And it's a, it's, it's a, a quote from um, Catcher in the Rye. Oh, creepy. I think Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Whoa. The show's amazing. Yeah, and that people have creepy. prosthetic bodies where they're like their ghost gets implanted in other bodies and stuff. I would like that. I'll just upgrade. Get kind giant, of giant giant mech robot like yeah. Mecha Nixon from Futurama. That'll, yep, yep. <laughs> Mecha Nixon. Oh, Futurama. Let's see here. Mahi Masi says Tim the Neuralink is ghost in the shell, the good one. That'd be cool, man. I like it. Josh Nelson says from Northwest Maine. It's very red up here. Sixty-five percent of our population live in Duluth. And, and uh, oh, Minnesota, sorry, not Maine, from Northwest Minnesota. It's very red up here. 65% of our population live in Duluth and Minneapolis. So they kind of control our vote. Really hoping we can swing red for the first time since Reagan. I think so, man. I really do think so. Digital Shokunin says, Colian Noir just posted an amazing take on the legal aspects of Kyle's situation. I'll check it out. Supercharged says, hey, Tim, did you see CNN change the lower thirds that described the Wisconsin riots from violent protests to protests? They pointed it out on Daily Wire. Yep, I, I, I saw that. Happen. So yeah. cringe. I can imagine them coming in, like the intern who typed it up. They're like, no, no, get rid of violent. We like those people. We're on their side. They're like, okay, oh, we'll sorry. just roll it back. Whoop, and, and then roll put it, it back right out. back. Oh, there it is. So dumb. Magic. Internet veteran says you are a liberal center right Republican with populist leanings. I'm actually, uh, well, on the political compass, I'm actually very left, like pretty far left. Um, but I think what, what unites me for the most part with conservatives is liberty right now, at least. Yep. I don't, I'm not saying conservatives were always the same. I think they changed. But for the most part, I'm like, so long as you believe in free speech, free expression and all that stuff, I'm down. 
the bigger issue for me is that I think idealistically, I'm all about left libertarianism, but this can't work at a grand scale. So I move towards the center, towards liberal, where you have more government authority and more government control. And, and the cat's yelling at us. Most of you might not know this, but uh, um, Bucko, the cat, you, can, you might be able to hear him yelling. When we do the show too long, no joke, because we normally end at 10, he starts yelling because he knows this is cookie time. It is cookie time. And he so joins me. Yep. When, when the show is over, you know, he's normally like, oh, there they are. So now we've, we've gone six minutes over. He's, oh, ye- he's yelling. He is punctual. Look at his face. You guys like, can't see it, but you, <laughs> he's complaining. <laughs> Give me cookies. <laughs> Thomas Lordo says, former NFL linebacker Brian Erlacher is getting slammed for essentially telling NBA players to shut up and dribble. The weirdest thing about that is still that he has hair plugs now. And, 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 and you know, to, you bring that up, but in Chicago... He totally embraced it. There's ads, billboards everywhere for him. He's really, he was like really proud of it. Huh. Yeah. It's like billboards everywhere. It was, this is a while ago. I don't Just know if they're still doing it. Embrace it, it man. But you know what? Look, do your job. If you don't want to do your job, I get it. I just think it's ridiculous that, uh, oh, now he's hitting me. He's yeah, mad. He's he, yelling. Yeah. He's smacking me he around He's mad. Bucko, Bucko. So for those that don't know, Bucko is the cat and he was named by my friend Emily for Jordan Peterson. I don't, just because it was funny. Yeah. What are you, ah, ow. Oh, <laughs> he clawed me. Oh, no. Oh, come he on, He needs dude. his cookies. Yikes. Sorry, they're upstairs. Otherwise, I, otherwise I totally grab them. All right, we'll just read a couple more We're because the cat's, the cat's help, literally clawing me. Frank the God says, great show, Tim and Lids. Trump was reserved, but had some zingers. How can Joe be the light when his party can't keep the lights on? Mm. Yeah, and, and what, what, he said something funny. Oh, he keeps clawing me. Here, He's mad. Way. He's like, give me food. He said, uh, if I say protesters, your ass, I don't talk about my ass. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. But you just did. <laughs> yeah, he did. IK says, Tim, I live in California. I recently got a notice regarding the November elections. It might interest you. Where can I send it just so it doesn't get lost in Twitter sphere and NDMs? Spin the UFO at gmail.com. Correct. There you go. Even yep. though we, we're not really spinning the UFO anymore. We are not. Oh, man. But I will spin it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I check that pretty much every day. I go through. I don't respond to many people. I do as many as I can. Well, I'll tell you what. We have uh, gone a few minutes over, and because I'm being clawed mercilessly by the cat who's complaining because he wants to eat, <laughs> make sure you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. You can follow Lydia at Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S. Sour Patch L-Y-D-S. I, say, I, say, I spell the Y out because otherwise people will put L-I-D-S or something. Yeah. And uh, make sure you check out my other channels, YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. I have three channels, by the way. So you can check them out. And uh, thanks for hanging out. This was, a, this was a, a, a fun day. A lot of people showed up. We had a great time. We complained a lot. Had a good conversation. Yep. And we will be back Monday. Kimberly Klasik will yes, be here. So Dude, excited. she's awesome. I don't know if you guys saw her ad, but she roasted the Democrats for running all of these cities for decades and failing. And it's a really good point because, you look, you can be respectful to Democrats and say, I appreciate you tried, but you failed and it's time to make a change. And so I think she did a great ad. She got like 12 million views or yeah, something. Yeah, seriously. You might want to go... There he goes. Okay, we're going to sign off. Thanks for hanging out, everybody, before the cat freaks out. And we will see you all Monday at 8 p.m. But we will have clips up tomorrow throughout the day. Adios, everyone. Bye, guys.